Hello fellow homebrewers, JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brewbuilt Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full 2-inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brewbuilt line of options and add-ons like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Unitanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brewbuilt Conicals. You can trust Brewbuilt with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brewbuilt at morebeer.com. Today's Sunday session is brought to you thanks to the fine folks at More Beer. Visit them right now at morebeer.com. I want people to believe in me, and I want people to believe me when they taste my beer. That's what it's about. You mean you laid underneath it and tried to put his tongue up the bung? (laughs) I like to actually scoop up the yeast Uh and look at it. 7 o'clock came real early that next morning. Yeah, man. Thanks for dumbing that down for us. You did an awesome job. It's all about food and beer. Punch me in the junk. Man, that thing was thick. The point is just beat it like it's your dick. I like to smell it (laughs) afterwards. Are you being sarcastic right now? No. Bring your body armor. I ran into my jungle once on a ball valve on a kettle. That's a true happy now, live from the Brewing Network Studios in Northern California, this is the radio program for home brewers, craft brewers, beer lovers, and beer geeks. It's your only source for live beer radio that brings expert brewers together with well, expert drinkers. This is the radio program with a head on it. This is The Session. Hey, it's a Monday afternoon, Monday evening, and you're here listening to The Session, and you're listening to me talk to you about what you're doing. And it's hard to get more meta than that. My name is Jason Petros. I'm your host today for the session. And with me is becoming a reoccurring theme <laughs> is uh, Michael Tasty McDowell. Two-man show. Two-man show, baby. That's us. And, uh, yeah, everyone left us again, Tasty. Yeah, yeah. those guys get a lot of vacay. <laughs> huh? I wanna, I yeah. I want their pay. I want their pay, too. Well, yeah, yeah, well, yeah that's a lot of things. Um I'm not happy. I'm not happy today. I'm the unhappy bird. Because Warren didn't tell anybody <laughs> well, on the show that he wasn't going to be here. And it doesn't, ultimately, it doesn't matter. Let me check the employee manual here. <laughs> no, no, we don't have one. Yeah. It just, well, and that is Warren, too, by the way. He probably goes, well, no one ever told me that I have to tell anybody, so I'm not telling. But we have, you know, a, we have an internal calendar where you're supposed to say, I'm not going to be here on this day. So the person running the show yeah. can then fully understand. Uh, what they're up uh, against, and and yeah. ultimately, 
It doesn't matter. I've had an hour and a half to like work <laughs> through the, five, the seven stages well, of no, grief we're right now. Him. We're going to miss him sorely. Yeah. Um, so it does matter. It, 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 yeah, it matters. It only really matters because I didn't know about it yeah, until, like, no. until now. It's like anything. You unexpected. You had a certain vision of how things were going to go tonight. Yeah. And if there's like a person who's not going to be here, that's going to mess it up for sure. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it's just, you know, it's one of those, it's one of those things. And like yeah. Ju- Justin and Warren were hanging out together and it's like, Justin didn't tell me. Warren didn't tell me. Nobody you know, told me. I have a trace memory of it coming up on some previous podcasts where they said, Beardy said he would be going, he would be driving up with him and then I think flying back or something. Yeah. But I, never, but I didn't know when, when uh, Justin was leaving. So right. obviously he's gone now. So. Yeah, for sure. I don't know. It's just, I'm just annoyed, but it's fine. Is we that, have a good show for yeah. you guys today. Yeah, hope you're listening. <laughs> I'm sure they're not. Um, our good friend from Japan, Rye Bel- Beville. I, I knew I'd screw it up. I wrote it down. I can't read my writing. Rye Beville, um, you know, where do my magazines go? Bev, where do my magazines go that were right here for showing my show materials? Don't start with me today. This is this is another friggin' thing that I don't need, please. Where do all my Johns go? Thank you. Rai does the uh, Japan, uh, Japan Beer Times, and I believe he also does another magazine called Sake Today. Yeah, that's right. Uh, because apparently a lot of Japanese breweries also brew sake. Yep. Why not? So we're going to talk to Rai today, but he also brought, uh, I know what you guys are thinking, we've talked to Rai all the time. We know all about Japanese craft beer. Uh, but he has he has people from uh, Japan who have started a craft brewery, uh, Gareth Burns from Be Easy Brewing in Japan. Now, I know what you're thinking. Gareth isn't necessarily the most Japanese name you've ever came across in your life. I think he's American. I think, maybe. It sounds like in English, yeah. But uh, Gareth is American, but he has brought his brewer, Masahiro, and um, another gal who does everything. It says uh, Chiku. So they're going to be in the studio. They brought beer for us, Tacey. They bought growlers. Growlers of beer? Of their beer, all the way from Japan, plus... A bottle of sake oh, from uh, where Gareth uh, lives. Nice. And that's Bev. I'm like, Bev wants to go to sake buzz. Yeah, either clapping or trying to cut a piece of ham. I don't know what that means. I don't know. Um, but I'm pretty stoked about that. And they also went to a social kitchen oh. and got a growler of uh, the, the Brute IPA. Oh, brute. Oh. Fantastic thing that, that everyone's happening. Yeah, I haven't had the granddaddy Not of that all. One. No, no, I've had others. Yeah. yeah. We had them on the show, um, but, uh, yeah, you know, so anyway, it'll be an interesting show. We're going to talk to Gareth and Masahiro about brewing beer in Japan. And Gareth's story is actually pretty interesting. At first, I was like, okay, I don't know what we're going to talk about. Um, but the kid was in the uh, the armed forces in Japan. He apparently became, like, this master uh, player of some Japanese instrument, and that forced oh. him to stay in Japan. And he bought a farm, for God's sakes. And the guy, he has a TV show. He's doing, he's doing okay. a lot of stuff out there. Yeah. And it's it's all for the love of craft beer. So what's he doing on here? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> uh, so actually, we're gonna we're gonna be we're having a, a pretty good conversation here today, folks. Mm. So uh, grab a beer and hang out and uh, learn a little bit about Be Easy Brewing. Check it out. Uh, you go to beeasybrewing dot com. But of course, this show is brought to you by More Beer. Dot com, our good friends over at morebeer.com. I was just there buying some ingredients, making a uh, doing a little project. Can't really talk about it. It's very secretive, Tasty. It's a very secretive right. project. Right. Um, does it involve distilling, does it? 
It doesn't involve distilling, but it does involve, uh, you know, Am I asking too many craft beer. Oh, cool. Let's just say that. All right. Let me just say that right now. Right. Uh, more beer uh, has teamed up with a great John Palmer, who I haven't seen in forever. I can't wait to see him this week. We'll see him this week. At uh, Homebrew Con. Um, anyway, they're making 27 beer kits based on the recipes <laughs> found in Brewing Classic Styles, written oh. by John Palmer and Jamal Zanschiff. These kits are true to style and are all within BJCP guidelines, enabling them to be easily entered into that upcoming competition you probably have. Buy two kits and get the fast and free shipping that you always know about from More Beer. Go to morebeer.com. 27 beer kits. Brewing classic styles. You got to do it. So here's another reason why I'm irritated. You know what I mean? Can I just can I just vent you to you for a second? I know, right? It's it's a lot of stuff, man. Um so on my other my other life is doing Disney podcasts, right? <clears throat> and uh, the the show is called Ears Up Podcast. Ears Up with a Z. Go to earsup-podcast.com, everybody. Um, it's actually really annoying. I wish I did. I wish I made a different name. Yeah, because then you have to explain that it's with a Z. But anyway. it doesn't matter. Let them miss do it. <laughs> Just let them miss oh, when it they, up. When they write you a check, you want it to say exactly. Z. I want to make sure it's cashable. Absolutely right. Um, but I had this. So it's our five. It's our five year anniversary coming up in oh, September. Congratulations! Thank you. We've been oh. doing. I just broke this year. That's a good opinion. run. Uh, yeah, we're doing five years of Disney centric podcasting. Oh. So I. Uh, I had the really stupid idea, which is actually something I've been trying to get uh, Justin to do on this show for years, is a marathon. Like a lot. And we, I, think we, I think we've talked about it on the air, uh, but this is not, not for y- literally years. But uh, just to do a live broadcast, 24 hours, nothing big, you know, um, for charity. I think that would be pretty cool, uh, pretty cool thing. Uh, and then, so you know, I do I do the show with Taryn, of course, and uh, Beverly, and then um, Terrence, our friend Terrence here. Um, and no one wanted to do twenty four hours, which I was disappointed about. But I think at this time in my life, I couldn't stay up for twenty four hours just because <laughs> I'm forty years old and a parent, and I just like I, I don't think I can really. You probably sleep way too much now. Yeah, I don't really think I can do that, but I could probably do twelve. So I, I floated yeah, a long time. I think right. Oh. I floated uh, the twelve hour idea, and everyone loved it. And uh, we have this other kid on who does like a Disney music. It's called Jeremy Spectro Radio Jeremy, um, and he's like, I think another podcast does that already. And I'm like, really? Don't use the Jeremy voice. <laughs> Jeremy voice is great. He's from New Jersey, so he talks Marvel. like this. Ah. Um, and I'm like, that's mother. Well, so that's- what? Somebody's done it. Well. Because I thought it was an original idea. I'm what, not a podcast marathon or just pot, well, like marathons happen all the time. Marathons happen all the time. Are, but like in uh, you know in in, uh, in in our Disney podcast kind of universe, I didn't think anyone had the balls to do it. Oh, apparently so it's another out, Disney podcast that does the marathon. Yeah, oh. for charity. And so I, now my balloon is deflated, I'm, uh, and I'm very much the type of guy where like, well, if I can't have what I want, I don't want anything. No, no, you don't. Yeah. I mean, so now I don't know what to do. Be better, but what's the point? What's the point? It's nothing new. So now I go, either we got to go bigger, Uh-oh. 72 hours, like let's crush them, um, or I don't want to do it at all. And so now I'm, I'm just really f- deflated. I'm feeling deflated in all aspects of my professional career, and I don't know what to do about well, it. I don't know. You might have to think about a whole other idea that's like just as good. Come up with one right now. Well, I can't. You, Make me feel thing. better. God damn it. Make me feel better. A way to celebrate a five-year anniversary. Yeah. We should have a smoke-a-thon. No, no, no. 
Why not? How much weed can we shove up well, our butts? Well, you've done, you, you did this. You could do it on site or something, right? We did that. Yeah, we did that. Yeah, so um, that you, you kinda, probably could. Weren't they opening something, a Pixar thing? In, in, uh, yeah, I think that opened today, actually. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, I, I'm i just, I don't know. You know those days that you get and you're kind of just bumming out and everything <laughs> kind of hits you at once? The highlight, yeah. That's all. You got your balloon deflated. <laughs> I did as get well. my not only deflated, but like like uh, you know the mouthpiece stretched out, so it just sounds like a squeaky fart for an hour. That's what my balloon has it's been all doing stretched all day. Out, it won't be the same. <laughs> yeah, it. yeah, it just it throw four, that balloon away. Four hours of inside my head going. <laughs> anyway, I'm excited about the show uh, today, folks, and you should be too. Um, but before we do that, let's get to some um, feedback, not live reads. Feedback. Um, this first one is from Noah. <clears throat> and he says, I thought of a solution for the Adam and Eve live read and Doc missing uh, issues from last week's show. If you remember, there was uh, someone yeah. like, oh, you know, live read and then Doc. I love Doc. This guy solved both. Have Doc do the Adam and Eve live read. So if there are any kids in the car, they would not be able to understand what's being said. <laughs> Then at the end of it, JP or Justin can just jump in with the use coupon code BNARMY for free shipping and get a free gift. Excuse me. That way, Adam and Eve would still see traffic to their site because people could understand the correct code and Doc wouldn't be asking the guests slurred questions. I mean, that's not a bad solution. It is, but I mean, it's a solution uh, in search of a problem. <laughs> right. I mean, it, it really, is terrible. we don't give a shit if they. It is, a, it is a bad solution. As we responded to that uh, feedback, what's that woman doing? <laughs> Bev is screaming. Out. What is happening? She's throwing things. Why are you throwing things? They don't work? The only pair of headphones that don't work? Oh. Well, um, I don't know what to tell you. Take it up with management, I guess. Take it up with management, Bev. Are, do you have something to say, or do you just... Trying to find headphones. Just run down the fries and buy some more. Oh. Well, I don't know what to tell you. Um, you anyway, can... yeah, yeah, yeah. They had a Marie. I don't think it's, you know. No, it's, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Uh, well, Bev, you can listen to Dan's feedback. He says, hi, I love all the shows on your network, but I have a question about the Heads and Tails podcast. What is the song in the intro? Every time I hear it, I love it. Plus, JP and Beardy are great together. Always shut the fuck up, Beardy. Keep up the great work. Cheers. Well, if Beardy was here and didn't sell me out, um, you know, that would be uh, that would be great. Well, what is the song? I don't even know, man. Here, for those of you who haven't heard let it. Let me roll the theme. For those of you who haven't heard it, one day it'll start. This is technology. Dude, what the hell's going on? Okay, now um, um, this is not this is not what I need. Another balloon getting deflated. Yeah, session intro. What what is this? Okay, well I'm gonna close this down. Anyway, um, you know what? It's it's honestly it's just a, a thing I found on a music site. I paid fifty bucks for. I have no idea what it is. I, I think it's just some musician cobbled together a song and is selling it for you know whatever. Sorry, Dan. It's not like something from you know a well-known uh, a well-known um, John. You know what I mean? It's just uh, just a dude. Here it is. It sounds like a like a pop song or like a current alt rock song. It's not bad. 
It has all the elements that make a current alt rock song popular. You know, nice little breakdown. Yeah, the voices should come in about already. Yeah, and they go, Welcome to Heads and Tails Podcast. Well, I'm not sure if it was a song. Well, there's a drop here for a second. Oh, it's. Yeah. There you go. Pretty good. It's not bad. So it has, you know, this, these are the elements that you need to it's make it in, in music. You need, you need hand clapping now. You need woo-woos and hey-yahs. And it has all three of those things plus upbeat guitar. So um, I was pleased with it, and you should be too. But anyway, sorry, yeah, Dan. It's, um, I mean, if you really want, I can try to find the actual no, like, just thing. Some, but... Put your phone up to it sometime. It'll, you know, it'll find <laughs> yeah. it for you. Maybe at the end of the show, I'll just play the entire song yeah, for you so then you can download, yeah. clip it. Yeah. It's a new ringtone. Listen to all you want. Uh, Brant writes in now. Brant is like an old, old school listener. I forget his actual name, like his like you know actual name, yeah. but uh, I recognized the the email when it came through. I was like, oh Jesus, I haven't heard from this dude forever. He goes, greetings, my peeps. I just checked out your YouTube video from the Cal Law Show. Haven't watched a live stream video in several years, and I hate to report that you are all looking pretty damn rough. You are de- all definitely need a spa day, as my wife would say. Hope you don't die on us. I'm, I'm assuming. I'm assuming he's talking about about you and Must Beverly. Be, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I, I think I look pretty good. Well, for you know, I'm kind of uh, like you know, my head on the table. I guess that doesn't look doesn't look too good. <laughs> Casey's lost weight. I think Casey looks good. Lost a weight. I found it. I feel good. <laughs> I found it. Um, Brian writes in, he says, I'm planning a trip to Milwaukee at the end of the summer, and I just listened to the Lakefront Brewery episode. Check that place. I haven't looked at breweries to visit while I'm out there, but I know now that Lakefront will definitely be on the list. Listening to them talk about the beers and your descriptions when tasting them totally sold me on going there at least once. Cheers from Brian. Uh, hey, I appreciate that, Brian. They were good beers, and uh, you're definitely not going to be disappointed. But do me a favor. Send them an email and let them know that you heard about us on the Brewing Network. Or, you know, heard about them. But, uh, yeah, go there for sure. And I'm sure there's a bunch of other breweries around. They can probably direct you. I, I have no idea. But, uh, yeah, good beers, good times. Uh, okay, last but not least, Keith Manchester writes in. He says, hello, brewcasters and Bevo. I'm writing in hopes that you will read my feedback to help me get the word out on a fundraising event my club is doing. We recently lost a member to cancer, and I have decided to help raise money for the American Cancer Society by holding a 24-hour brew-a-thon on July 13th and 14th. Members of the Craft Homebrew Club will be brewing beer for 24 straight hours in honor of Betty Elmhurst. If anyone wishes to donate, they can go to crafthomebrewclub.com and click on the Craft versus Cancer logo to be taken to the donation page. Thanks in advance, and I'll be saving up future podcasts of the session so we can keep ourselves entertained during our 24-hour endeavor. Uh, regards, Keith. Uh, crafthomebrewclub.com. I think that's pretty cool. And, hey, look, another marathon in the, in the news. Oh, they should do, like, Thank a live you. stream feed or something where they can maybe even be interactive. You could, like, For sure. come in and pledge, you know, some money and then they would announce it on the live, you know, live stream. Yeah, that would be dope. Yeah. You can get on, like, uh, YouTube or, yeah, yeah live stream or whatever. You can, you know, talk to a brewer at 2 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> what are wake, you wake one up and see what he's doing. We sh- there should also be like over unders, like will, oh. like how many times will they forget hops because they're tired? That's right. Or how many boil overs were? Because yeah. twenty four hours of brewing, something's got to go wrong. Well, you know, it's a party too. So. 
<laughs> oh, it's got to be for sure. But if you're going to be up 24 hours, I mean, that's what I was telling everybody uh, when we were trying to do our live stream and you know, t- talk about our 12 hour thing. Yeah, but you said thing. no alcohol. Yeah, I was like, look, we can't have alcohol because. I, I'm going to fall asleep after no, hour six, six of like having a beer, and I don't want to drop like a hard F or something like that, no. um, you know. And uh, it's just it, it can't happen. It's for kids. It's a family show. Yeah. Uh, so we can't have any drinking. Twenty four hours without drinking. That's why I was like. But we do a thing like if you're a Patreon supporter of ours, of course. This is a whole thing. Just a plug for ears up because I need to fill time. For five bucks a month, you go. You get a secret show. Where we uh, don't live stream it. It's a podcast only for Patreon supporters, five bucks. And, uh, and we can drop a hard F and we, occasionally. And we curse and we drink and we give you a mixed oh, drink recipe, a tiki yeah. drink recipe for free every month just for being a $5 donation listener. Anyway, um, but I think that format could work here. Don't you think, like, if Tasty, if we did a 24-hour broadcast on the Brewing Network to raise money for charity... People yeah, I would be pay into a lot that, right? for it to stop. So, yeah, you'd raise some from me. Is that how it works? Well, I mean, you... would we all have to be here 20? Yeah, we'd all have to be here 24 hours. Yeah. Oh, wow. Could we be in the same I room for 24 it. hours? Like yeah, all of us? Sure, sure. You think? Well, 23. <laughs> that 23 <laughs> and a half, so, man, I'm out of here. We'd have to have our weapons checked. Uh, uh, you know. I think so, too. And I wonder if we would come in in shifts. And we'd have, but we would be drinking, right? Well, I think we would have to. I'd be sleeping. Well, and, but then that's the other thing is we would be sleeping. So I wonder if maybe Jay and I would split it. Maybe I would do the first 12 and he would, he would take the, the closer. He would be like the cleanup 12. <laughs> the li- cleanup? <laughs> Are you... Almost dropped a hard R. Uh, are you deficient in enzymes in your you, brain? Are you an idiot? <laughs> <laughs> you don't think so? I mean, he might show up to do the second 12 hours, but I feel like he would be here for the first 12 hours also. Well, I was just trying to give him like a like an out, like a, not an out, but I, I, I don't want to be here 24 hours, but I think it'd be cool. You have to be here 24 hours. It'd be cool if we no, did No, I would it not. It'd be cool doing it. It'd be cool after the fact? Hmm. Okay. Well. Yeah, it'd be, t- it'd be tough. Hours 17, 18 would be hard. But I feel like after hour six, it's kind of all the same. Really? I don't know. We've done some five-hour shows. I feel like with our platform... that is true. ...and with our personalities, it would get gratuitous. And... Well, we, I mean, we'd have to have some content. We just couldn't, like, oh, wing yeah. it all. Night. I mean, we'd we would have, have to, It would just be, <laughs> be 24 hours of lunch we get, you know, like, brewers <laughs> in, in other time zones to, you know, talk to us at 10 o'clock in their morning and... Oh, that's actually a really good idea. Well, right, and that that would be part of what what we would Finally, do they on get my to show to us too. At their but we would also yeah. have to be on top of our game at that point. Well, it would be very challenging. But I, I guess I don't really understand how how the donations work. Do people donate because we're doing it, or they do do they, do they donate because we're trying to hit a goal, and as soon as we hit that goal, we're done. Well, we'd so probably want to like acknowledge up. donations, right? They would have like somebody running the donation desk or something. Yeah, and they would go like, yeah, yeah, you know, uh, Brandon from. Uh, Cindy just donated a hundred dollars or something like that. Yeah. yeah, get their name on the show. How much would you contribute to not do it? <laughs> See, yeah, or like six hours into it, they cut it off. <laughs> yeah, she's like, "Well, I'm, I'm uh, done yeah, here I'm now." Here. I think that would be. Uh, I don't know. I think it'd be cool. I mean, I know it's not going to work, but um, anyway, we have NHC coming up. Uh, I know most people leave. I think tonight or tomorrow. When do you leave? 
I'm flying up tomorrow afternoon. Tomorrow afternoon. All right. And I know Bev leaves tomorrow, right? I leave tomorrow Thursday. I'll be there Thursday. So Portland will miss me. All the Rainier will still be there, I'm sure, when I get there. But uh, that'll be cool. And then, uh, you know, of course, we have uh, the Brewing Network anniversary number 13, 13 years of this yeah. weird spaceship we're doing. That'll be a lot of fun at Base Camp Brewing. Yeah, Saturday night. I'm looking forward to that. And, um, yeah, it'll be a weird weekend, man. It'll be very strange. Portland has a lot of weird stuff going on. Uh, wasn't there some convention you were telling me about? I was not telling you about Someone it. was saying there's there like... There was a Miss Maze. Yeah, I told you about that, but there was something else there's going something on. There's something else like, going on, but I wasn't talking about it. Equally as weird and bizarre. Hmm. But I was there when you were talking about it. I just don't remember what it was. It was last Monday. I, I think Warren was probably like... That sounds like Warren. <laughs> I think it'll be it'll be a good time, man. And then I come back on Sunday, and then Taryn goes back to work on Monday. Tasty. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be babysitting. I'm gonna be raising my child. Oh, this is a officially. Whole new phase here. Oh, yes, you've been practicing uh, being a stay-at-home dad. Yeah, for yes, for years. Well, raising my cats. Now. Yeah. Yes. Now you're actually gonna be a stay-at-home dad. Uh huh. Oh wow. Well, and I realized today, like, my move is, you know, I get up in the morning, and I feed her, and I play with her for an hour, and then I put her back to bed. And then, basically, Taryn kind of does everything the rest of the day. Uh-huh. So, I don't know how it's going to go. <laughs> I'm actually a little nervous to spend time with my own child going, okay, you've been up for a home. Man, only 20 minutes. It's not nap time yet. Shit. What do I do? Um, here's, look, here's a toy. Uh-huh. Uh, here's a toy again. Yeah, yeah. Well, good luck with that. Mm. Uh- I, I I know I know a lot of people uh, in general, yeah. but a lot of my friends are, are are going through exactly what you're going through. Right? I knew when they were single, yeah. I knew when they were dating, and now I know when they're married. Now I know when they got a kid. And some guys are, are great at stay at home dad. Other guys, it just doesn't work. The wives usually figure it out and go like, "Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna kill this guy." And he's not gonna be you know so whatever. Yeah, I mean I I think it'll be fine. Honestly, my my biggest fear is just. Fucking it up, right? It's just being, like, bored. Oh. It's just being bored. Like, what do you do with a three-month-old baby at home? You don't you do not do and you well, go. sleep a lot, which is, you'll be appreciating yeah. that. But she's up for an hour and a half in between naps, and it's like, well, I don't know. I, don't, I mean, you can only put her on her back and jiggle a thing in oh, front of her face so long. And I don't want to do that. Like, I'm so, I'm, I'm just not used to doing that, that I don't know what to do. Don't you just uh, put a thunder blanket on it? What do they call it? It's like what they do with the dogs. <laughs> thunder blanket? It's called a thunder vest or something. They wrap it around your dog and it makes him feel really comfortable. Huh. Well, they don't, they do that in babies, right? They, they, what, oh, the swaddle? swaddle yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. She's still like that? She's still, yeah, we're weaning her off of that because she can sort of almost roll over like on her oh, side and that's not good because then she'll just choke. Oh, Okay. Uh, um, anyway, uh, don't, don't they have these things you wind up and it rocks and like continuously and you don't have to do it? Yeah, Whatever. it's true. Whatever. I could do that. But then I feel like a, like a, I don't know, non-hands-on dad. I feel weird about doing that. Well, you know what I mean? Like even like when I leave, like in the morning, I'll leave her on the, on the, on the floor, like on her toy mat. So I can sure. make a cup of coffee and I legitimately feel bad. Like I'm abandoning my child for my own personal needs. And I feel like a I piece of shit. I think you're a little time away. I feel like a giant piece of garbage whenever I, would, I do that. And I, I don't know that. why. No, no, I'm such a mess, dude. I just have so many problems. Um, we're also going to do some beer news after the segment with, uh, Gareth and Masahiro and Rai and Chiku. Um, just a couple, three stories, nothing super major, but I think the impact of these stories, um, is, uh, you know, is pretty good. So, um, I don't know. Stay tuned for that. Yeah. Okay. We're going to take a break. Quick break. 
Maybe I'll put a song on because I might have to use the restroom. I don't know. We'll see. You may never know. Um, but when we come back, are you going to friggin' start or are you not going to start? You're not going to start. Hey, you started. <clears throat> All right. When we come back, of course, Gareth Burns from Be Easy Brewing in Japan in the studio with beer, with guests. We're going to talk beer. We're going to talk Jap- uh, Japanese things. We're going to talk Japan. We might even make out. You'll never know. You're listening to the Brewcasters, the Brewcasters. on the Brewing Network. Watch out! Do you like beer? They make beer. Watch out! Do you like friends and fun? They make friends and fun. Watch out! Do you still like to have a good time? The 21st Amendment. Watch out! The 21st Amendment in San Francisco, located at 563 2nd Street, two blocks from the building where baseball is seen and played. Try their beers in the pub or try them in the can. Featuring... Monk's Blood. Made with real monk. Watch out! So why not have the best time of your life? Go to the 21A and Sean O'Sullivan will personally greet you with a can of... Monk's Blood. The 21st Amendment. Watch out! This advertisement is not in any way affiliated nor associated with the 21st Amendment Bar and Pub, nor its subsidiaries or affiliates. This telecast is not copywritten by the 21st Amendment for the private use of the Brewing Network. Any use of this telecast without Jamil Zanishev's consent is prohibited. Socket JP. Do you know the three most important rules in brewing? Sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean, too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer-spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand, Santa Clean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you have a cleaning problem, you need the Five Star Solution. Visit FiveStarChemicals.com or call 800-782-7019. 800-782-7019. And get the Five Star our treatment today. everybody thanks for sticking with us we're gonna jump right into it here but before we do of course as you know sometimes jockey boxes can be frustrating luckily there's now a solution poncho's keg cooler an elegant option for serving cold beer at social gatherings something i don't really know a whole lot about imagine a water cooler tall enough and wide enough wait imagine a water cooler tall enough and with enough room inside 
to fit a five-gallon corny keg, including a small two-and-a-half-pound CO2 tank and a regulator. At a beer faucet and you have a kegerator on the move, you have Poncho's Keg Cooler, now available at ponchosbrewinglab.com. Get 20 bucks off your Poncho's Keg Cooler purchase by using code B-N-E-T, that's B-N-E-T, for additional information and for answers to frequently asked questions. Visit ponchosbrewinglab.com. Imagine a radio host who can read. That's <laughs> pretty much where we were going with that. All right, we have, a, <laughs> we have a full studio, uh, which I like, Tasty. It was kind of yeah, lonely, well, just yeah, you yeah, and me. Yeah, he really was kind of good. I mean, I enjoyed it. Don't get me wrong. No. Was, but uh, it was kind it was, of... It was much uh, cooler, too. There's more warmth in here now. <laughs> that is true. We have our friend Rye back in the studio. How you doing, man? Good. Good to see you. It's been, oh, here, let me turn everybody's mics on first. That would help. Uh, okay, how you doing? I'm doing excellent. Nice. Thank you. Thank you for nice. having me back. Thanks for dragging us some guests, man. Yes. I appreciate it. Um, you know, some some rising stars from Japan. Uh, we always try to bring in the best of Japan's craft brewers in here. And we have uh, from Gareth Burns from uh, from BEZ Brewery in Aomori. So it's the deep north of Japan on uh, Japan's main island of Honshu. If you go all the way up through snow country, they're right there. Some of the... Hmm. Highest snowfall in the world, and he's really? brewing beer there. Wow. Gareth, how you doing, man? Good, good, good. Thanks. How Thanks do you say the town me. again? Aramore? Uh, so the prefecture is called... more Italian. The prefecture is called Aramori, and the place I live is called Hirosaki. Hirosaki. Yeah, that's where See, I'm that I can is. say. Yeah. Hirosaki, but Aramore just sounds like Italian. I think it's the AO that gets it gets you mixed up. Aramore. Yeah, yeah. That's, I can't really you can... do it. Hirosako. Hirosaki. Hirosaki. Yeah. I'm, I'm just going to stop because I can't, I can't do it. Just call it the town you live in, I think. It's <laughs> the the place where you, yeah. I, I, I love the Japanese language. I think it's so beautiful, but I, I, I don't picture myself ever remembering anything at all. Yeah, I didn't ever. picture myself remembering anything either, and somehow I figured out the language. So. <laughs> yeah, you're sitting here talking to, to it's like, wow, I, uh, I don't he, know, he man, actually whatever. speaks the local dialect even, what? and it's a crazy dialect, I, you know. What's different about it? It's, it's almost incomprehensible. You know, I, I lived in Japan 14 years. I studied yeah. it in grad school. I go up there, and I, I if somebody's speaking in that dialect, I'll get 10% of it. Is wow. it like a, just like a village, like a, more like a village? Cause my, so my family's from Greece mm-hmm. uh, in a small village, um, so like an hour and a half from Athens. And when I was a kid, I asked my dad, hey, teach me Greek. And he goes, we know, we know village Greek. Yeah. You, 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 if you went to Athens, you would, nobody would know what you're talking about. You, would have, you couldn't talk to anybody. And he said it was like pretty, pretty different. Is something? It's very like similar that? to that, I guess. In America, you could say Cajun. Like you know, if Cajun people came in here and started talking to each other, we'd all be sitting I was here like think about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's very similar to that. It's yeah. Japanese, but it's not really kind of so. The same grammar structures, but um, all the suffixes on the verbs, everything you know, even like colloquialisms, completely different. Oh, yeah, different, so. different. Uh, analogies and everything. So what about the written portion? That that's different same, as well. Exactly the same. Exactly the same. They're just messing with out of towners. Yeah, it's just they have their own their own language. They were well, no, they were isolated, so they yep. never developed. Exactly. They never That's moved on. Like, exactly they what it is. Television or whatever. They're... That's crazy, man. And so you know, so you know, would you say common Japanese and then I mean, the local? I, yeah, I mean, I've got enough to where if I go to Tokyo, it's not that they don't understand me, but I definitely I've never studied Japanese. I just live there and Immersed, slowly yeah. took it in. And so for the first cup four or five years, I didn't even realize how far off the beaten path I was as far as <laughs> Japanese. And so people from Tokyo would come up and I'd talk to them and they'd start laughing and you get self-conscious like, oh, I messed up my Japanese again. Yeah, the American like, skirt it up, dude. I have yeah. no idea what you're saying right now. I'm like, I'm speaking what everybody else speaks. What do you mean? And they're like, this is not what we speak outside wow. of this town. Like, That's funny. Well, and then of course we have Chika and Masahiro 
as well, but they have requested not to say anything into the microphones unless they want to. Chica, say hello. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you for coming. Thank you very much for being here. Thank you. <laughs> All right, I'll stop making him feel awkward. Uh, but I like that. It's that's a, it's a, it's cool, man. And so I definitely want to get into how you got into all this. Like, how did you how did you get into Japan uh, in general? So I originally was in the military. Uh, I was a EOD guy, bomb squad guy. Oh and, wow! Um, lived in America for two years and then got stationed in Japan. And uh, I moved to Japan, and then a month later I deployed. And then I came back, mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, now I can kind of check out Japan. And they were like, oh, you got to deploy again. And so I said, well, you know, that's can I actually see where I live? And, you know, kind of I decided, I was like, you know, I think I might go a different route. And I uh, finished out my enlistment and got discharged and then was going to stay in Japan a year just yeah. to check it out to see the real part of Japan and then come you back to the to, States. Yeah. Yeah, well. Here we are. It, still there. 13 it, years. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Is that part of like where, where the bases are? Is it sort of, I don't say Americanized, but is it sort of catered more to the American servicemen? First yeah. of all, thank you for your service. Uh, I appreciate thank you, that. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely, I don't want to say it's not Japan, but it's not America, but it's kind of somewhere in the middle. I'm, I'm picturing like, like when we went on our cruise uh, to Nassau, Bev. Uh, and then you get off the boat, and it's like Tourist Trap 101. It's not really Nassau, because it's not really Nassau, but it's more geared to everyone filing off the boat. Right, yeah. It's, it's something it's like similar, that. Similar, similar. Half so tourist, I kinda half wanted reality. kind of wanted to get away from that for just a year, just yeah. so I could be in it. Like, just no English, no nothing. Just let me get it, get it in, and then get back, and then... I just you didn't get back, in, yeah. <laughs> so what happened? You took the, the wrong train and ended up up north like that. How, what, what, what brought you up there? So like I was, I was with the, the military base is actually on the other side of where oh, I live, and oh. so that's where I was. Oh, I see. And then um, the town I'm in now is a really historical town. It has a castle. It's, there's a lot of stuff that was born out of that area, even though it's really isolated. And so I decided. You know, I feel like every town in Japan is is historical. Like they all have they've been around a while, so they all have something, yeah. yeah. And so I decided, you know, I'll, I'll just jump right in there and uh, do my thing for a year, and then head out. And mm-hmm. yeah, we're just now I built a house a few years ago, which is even more out in the middle of nowhere. So I'm just slowly moving away from civilization. <laughs> it seems like you're going to be the hermit, yeah, just, you know, with the big long beard and the robes, and you're going to be think just there's some crazy foreigner up there living in the mountains. <laughs> yeah, the local lore's like, don't go up there. You're going to have your own dialect. Yeah, yeah at that point, I'll be <laughs> rambling to myself. So, you know, that that first year, um, Gareth was teaching English, but then picked up an instrument. And I think that's the really that's right. Yeah, story. I read about that. So, so what is this instrument? I was hoping you would you would just like be able to pull it out and like some you know I, I, some I amazing I heroic it. gesture. But nah, yeah. So it's uh, it was actually born in that area. Mm-hmm. It's called the Tsugaru Shamisen, and it's a three string instrument. There's no frets. There's no sheet music. It was originally played by blind people as a way to get by. Tsugaru Shamisen. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Got huh? it. Got Not it. Not bad. Next time you need to say something Japanese, yeah. just put that on loop. And I, can, <laughs> I, like, I, don't, I don't understand. <laughs> and so, yeah, I, I've never played an instrument before, but I saw it. And I thought, like, uh, when, in, when in Rome, yeah, like, when in Japan, I may as well. If I'm going to play an instrument, this may as well be the first one. And I got the hardest sounding one. Yeah. But I guess the blind people can do it. Yeah, I was like, I'll, I'll give it a <laughs> shot. <laughs> like, right. And so uh, I just jumped into it and I got relatively good at it. It wasn't that I was just a non Japanese playing it, I actually was respectable. I didn't. <laughs> went to Taiwan and Korea and played shows all over Japan for a while there and got 
And between me playing that and speaking the local dialect for that instrument, it just, I guess it kind of stick out. I huh. guess, and so is it more? You get more maybe a little street cred than if you were just here's a Westerner who had no idea the language, but I'm playing the instrument. Yeah, I think the fact that I can back when I'm performing or something, I can back it up with that local language. And even for Japanese people, they're like, "It's, it's non-Japanese playing the instrument." And wait, and and I speak it. What do you say? It's not like I if I tried to talk in an English accent right now, maybe I could pretend to pull it off. But like people be like, "Come on, man, you." But like since I really learned that language, so it's like it's not like I'm putting on a show. I'm just. No. He's speaking Japanese the only way I know how. You have an so, accent. Yeah, the, the thick accent. I use yeah. the special words and the. So so, yeah, I'm I'm gathering that you weren't. You're not just like an amateur player. Like when when you say go play shows, I think of like out here you would have people just come around with an acoustic guitar at a coffee shop and they would play Wonderwall for ten hours. Like uh, it's not it's not no, that right. It's, no, it was like or that was kind it that? of at first, know. but yeah. then but no, then I it grew into it and like I played. Uh, we played a show at the biggest museum in Taipei, and I did a tour in Taipei and stuff, and I played in places in Japan and, you know, in front of thousands of people at some times, and, and then... Oh, by yourself? Yeah, by myself or with other players or... Yeah, yeah. So are you know, like, or do people come and see you? Oh, my gosh, Gareth is playing, and we got to go see... Yeah, for, in the Shamisen world and people that enjoy it, they... they but back when I played it a lot more. Now at the brewery, it's... You know what it's, it sounds like, uh, Tasty? You remember Shay Comfort? Sure. He played the Duduk, which is a um, not a Hungarian. Um, uh, maybe it is, but like some yeah. certain was wood instrument that maybe five people in the world play. Mm-hmm. And he... It, yeah, it is Hungarian. Yeah. And, uh, and, and that's what it reminds me of, where... And he kind of grew into this, this you know, sought-after musician because he just liked the instrument and started playing it. And now he's in a band and plays shows and um, all sorts of stuff. Like It sounds very similar. Though. Yeah, it was, it was similar to that. And, but, I mean, that wasn't... It was good, and I enjoyed it. The more I realized, the more I did it professionally, the less I started to enjoy it. Like playing mm. it, it was just everything else that comes with being involved with you know money and this and so. Yeah. I, now I just play it. I mostly go to uh, retirement homes mm. and stuff where they're and because the, the elderly people love it and stuff mm-hmm. and so I do stuff more volunteer ish mm-hmm. opposed to going out and trying to make a living doing it kind of thing. How many albums did you drop? Uh, <laughs> we we didn't make any CDs because no, okay. it's all what is it? It's they have their. Uh, so they have their songs that are made because it's folk songs, and then you interpret it your way. And mm-hmm. the reason, the special thing about it is that there's not you don't learn a song and you play it that way. You learn the song and you interpret it, and then each time you play it is improvised. Huh? Every time you play the instrument's improvised. So I, I don't okay. learn a song and just play that a thousand times in a row. It's like a template. Yeah. Maybe? So okay. that, that's my my template, and then I play it depending if if I was here drinking beer. On the Brewing Network, maybe that image of me here in, for the first time and everything, I would play the song a certain way. If it's if I'm there with a, playing in front of the elderly at a home or something, I'll, I'll play some way that I think might get to them. Or and so it's really it's not hmm. like a CD or listen to with headphones instrument. It's a kind of like a one on one experience. It's not a range. It's just created on, almost on the spot. Yeah, with exactly. A yeah, so. you're like a one man jam band. Yeah, yeah one man. <laughs> that's. <laughs> if I ever make a CD, there it is. The one-man jam Gareth band. Burns, the one-man jam band. <laughs> like, that doesn't sound Japanese at no, all. Everyone will pick it up like, I don't know what this is. Nah. It's just, uh, so like folks, like like old farming songs or it something like that? It kind of like, I would say close to the blues. It was you know originally played by people that didn't have, um, that couldn't see. And then the farmers, it was kind of like a peasant's instrument. And so the farmers mm-hmm. would play 
and write songs about you know how terrible it is when the weather changes or the sadness and things like that. And it kind of became an instrument for the people to release their stress in that way, I there guess. Are, there are a lot of salacious songs as well. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, like, then, uh, then, then like Farmer's Daughter songs yeah, and stuff? <laughs> I like that. I like that. What are those songs about? Oh, a lot of the older ones are like that, yeah. And they were, but the singing was improvised as well as the playing, and so uh, now nobody... It doesn't go over as well, you know, with political correctness. But back in the day, it was, <laughs> it was more drinking and just... Oh. Getting it out of their system on the spot, yeah, kind of for thing. sure. I mean, I'm looking through my music because I actually have like this collection of Japanese farming songs somehow that my friend gave me, and I'm just curious to see if it's, if they're very similar or not. But uh, I don't have it anymore. Now I see his Greek music. I'm weird. Um, anyway, so you're in Japan. Uh, actually, Bomb Squad. Yeah. So defusing bombs. Yeah. You're the dude. You're that guy. You're uh, the, yeah, I the was. crazy ass. <laughs> I was the dude. You're not the crazy you're guy. You're the, yeah. the cut the red or the blue wire guy? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's always yellow, just in case you ever need to do it. Like, wait, everyone it's says no. red or blue. It's got to be yellow. Don't say that, because someone <laughs> might be listening. Go, now we got to change up our... Uh... <laughs> change up the tactics. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, Why Bomb Squad? When I went into the military, I... Um, I wanted to do something a little bit more serious, I guess. You know, there's lots of different jobs in the military, and they're all important. And, uh, you know, you can be the guy that makes the food, or you can be the guy that uh, sets up the tents. or the. But I, I wanted something that was challenging. And when, uh, when I went in, it was actually on my list of things that I wanted to do. And I talked to the recruiter. And he's like, are you sure? And I was like, yeah, man. And Who has that on the list of things to I do? Just seems... You were in the military, right, Tasty? Is that yeah, anything close well, to what you wanted to so do? I didn't get to choose. But, oh, okay. So Gareth was right out of high school. Jumped. Yeah, was okay. Invincible. Oh, for, okay. Yeah, well, like, I mean, makes... now I have, you know, yeah, a wife and like, family. Yeah, now, no, when I really, when I look back at it, I'm like, what? thank God I was young and invincible then because... <laughs> Now you, there's no money around the world you can get me to go do with my daughters on, yeah. and everything like that. Oh, but yeah. then 18 and just... A head full of testosterone. Yeah, and you're get, like, it here in, we get go. it in, here we go. And live forever. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna, not, no bomb exploding is going to no stop way. me. All <laughs> right. Uh, well, I'm glad you made it out all right. And I can understand why that you would rather live in Japan than potentially live across a giant area of Japan. Yeah. <laughs> if a bomb goes off or something like that. So... Let's talk about beer. How did you get into beer? So um, a buddy of mine, um, I was living in Japan, and he got actually, we went through the Bomb Squad school together, and then he got stationed in Japan later on, and uh, we went out to dinner for one day, and they had uh, a small Italian restaurant in Hirosaki actually had two bottles of, two beers to choose from, Hitachino Nest, mm-hmm. it was a Vizen and a Pale Ale, and he's like, oh yeah, you know, the Red Owl, this is really popular, uh, people in America know, he's like, you gotta try it, and I tried the the Vizen, and I was just like, what? What have I been... Why have I not been able to do keg stands of this in my life? Like, what you, yeah. Hey, like, I'd play beer pong with this. What, what's, what is... Why is this not... What have you been drinking before? Before that? I was just... Well, I think I was just drinking for the effect, not really for the flavor kind okay. of thing. So whatever was on... I drank a lot of... I drank a lot of Japanese sake, too, but that's... High alcohol and smooth drinking, so that never turns out well. No, and it's just like ah, oh, it's just yeah, a little bit, and then you know, especially you for kids in the bomb squad. Yeah, yeah. crash. And we're burn. gonna be drinking sake later. So yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. You guys, I'm gonna be great. And so yeah, I had that, and then that was it. Just kind of dove dove into the rabbit hole, and then uh, I went home one time, and someone handed me a beer, and I drank. I was like, oh, this is awesome. Like, Where's home? Uh, back in Philadelphia. Okay. Went home and. Um, 
I was like, this is awesome. Who made this? He's like, I did. And I was like, no, you didn't. Like, <laughs> I did. And I was like, oh, wow, it's another rabbit hole to dive down in. And that was, Jeez. That was it. Yeah, like. One of your friends gave you one of his Johns. Yeah, yep. See? And one of my, one of, <laughs> there we go. What do you know about Johns? That's pretty Talk good. Of, hey, regional dialects, man. It's <laughs> oh, my thing Oh, my now. God. All the time with yeah. the Johns. That, yeah, man. You got to hand me the John. <laughs> you one of these Johns? Or, yeah. <laughs> drive one of you these Johns You literally just made his life by, <laughs> by entertaining this. No, it's so I feel legitimate. I didn't see someone out in California talking about Johns, so he got it. <laughs> I got a friend who's from Philly, and he was he just introduced me to Johns. I'm like, I love Johns. Yeah. Johns is amazing. It, it's everything it for yeah. anything and everything. Yeah, like ah, I'm not feeling that, John. Like, <laughs> see, Bev. Here we go. Literally, an email came through earlier about a folder being shared for us to put all of our Johns. <laughs> that is a direct quote. That's pretty good usage of the word John. Honestly, put your Johns in this folder on the computer. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Why that gets me? Maybe it's the beer. I don't know. All right. So you had this uh, a good beer epiphany. Then you had this one you can make it yourself epiphany. So, yeah. so then you go back to, to Japan. Yep. And, and I, what do you do next? I just start home brewing. Home brewing. You had ingredients and all that available? Uh, I could get stuff through uh, friends and stuff like that. Okay. And yeah. uh, so started home brewing. And then uh, one of my buddies that was still on the base, he we would go to his house at home brew as well. And then. Um, it just seemed like the next best move would be to <laughs> open up a brewery. <laughs> so you wanted to start a business? or I wanted what? to start something that uh, – so where I live, because it's so isolated, uh, for example, you know, we got Starbucks two years ago. It finally came to the finally. city. Hmm. And, um, Is that and a good thing? I, for me, I, what do you say? Maybe it's a good thing, but at the same time, I, I don't think that really does anything for the city, yeah. and it doesn't do anything for the poor employment rate, and it doesn't do anything for the fact that we have the lowest salary in, um, in Japan, and and so, and but that's the reoccurring thing. Oh, Seven Eleven's here, and it's like that's not yeah. going to save. It's just more like a milestone. How much the outside influence is finally getting there? Exactly. Yeah, and I and I so I said, you know, like, and it, by the, if if I didn't do anything, it would have been eight years from now. When it's already well past everything, and they, the city would have got together with the other businessmen that control the town, and they would have thrown together a brewery, and probably just not done what they should have done, and misrepresented it, and then everybody would have, it would have been the same cycle that it usually goes through. Like mm-hmm. you know, Aomori, they're not really famous for anything, and there's nothing there that I really want to buy, kind of thing. And so, so there weren't any beer drinkers in town that are waiting for your product to be made. That's yeah, I assumed there wasn't. And like I, I just what I assumed is that I would uh, distribute a lot of beer oh, like, to Tokyo and everything away. like that, uh, mm-hmm. and then eventually service your local. The area? city would kind of start to catch on, and uh, okay. surprisingly enough, when I built the Beacon of Light, <laughs> the people just came out of the woodwork. Really? And they were like, "I don't have to go to Tokyo anymore to drink craft beer." Oh, like, they were there. They they just from all out of, from just yeah, we had a really? much much bigger welcome than I could have ever imagined. Oh, the woodwork, I like yeah, like, where where did you all come from? Like where where do you like? <laughs> we should be hanging out. Yeah, like what what is this? Like they just from other cities, they would take an hour train ride to come in, and like they just yeah, and so wow, we had a really good reception locally, and then as far as uh, distributing beer as well, we we've done really well with that too. So it just. So your business model originally was to essentially export beer out, which is not like that here. Now, when you open a brewery, 
Tasty, your your well, business yeah, no, model is yeah. local no, only. The brewery tap room is is a standard model now, but it wasn't always that way. I think yeah, for a long time it was some some of each. But and sure, yeah, but it's just it, 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 when did you open? Actually, uh, about almost uh, November of sixteen. Okay, so it's still within like that kind of. I don't know, uh, snapping back, I guess, of of the expectations of craft beer and how far you could really go with it. Now, to be quote unquote successful, you're just focusing on your mm. on your local region, but that's not that's not the case. Uh, now that's not. Is it just you, or we is, didn't is, have is it Japan the, in general? Know or, yeah, you didn't get a market, but uh, yeah, I think. Uh, but in Japan in general, it's still not nowhere near like it is here. Yeah, like as far as players, I and mean, then also it's uh, I'm brewing on. You know, American brewers. I have an eight barrel system, so right. it's I mean, I, yeah. And I and the business model I set up, I only need to brew twice a month and sell that. <laughs> wow. and, and so okay, it was. I made a very what do you say a, a road to, to be able to succeed without having too much pressure, kind of thing. And so mm-hmm. you know, we make about sixty kegs a batch of beer, and a keg of beer over there is fifteen liters. Okay. is the average. Okay. So that's yeah, three point eight gallons mm-hmm. or whatever. So. Yeah, it's just we we distribute maybe about half of it, and the rest of it we sell in our tap room, and and it's That's pretty good. And I right. um yeah, and I and I we brew a lot more now, but like if it ever got to the point where like it is now, you know, local, it's, you got to go to your local place. Then we could always dial back production and just focus on the tap room, mm-hmm. since like I said, it's two batches a month is all that's required for me to keep keep the ship afloat. Keep the supply right. line yeah. filled up. Wow, that's that's pretty great. It is. Yeah, yeah. I, the, I bought the building, and then uh, I bought the equipment, and then I built a brewery myself, and I built a tap room myself. And, and I never built a brewery. I've never worked in a brewery, but uh, I didn't so want. Did you to. build the brewery? Like uh, I, we pulled in the tank. You got sheets of stainless, and you start no, putting yeah, them yeah, in, yeah, the, yeah. In, the, in the circles and shit. And yeah, I was oh, in there well, welding with a, yeah. with a tape welder. I never welded, so I learned. Bought, how, I had you, to learn how to weld. You bought a system and installed it. Or? Yeah, yeah, we bought a system, installed right. it, ran the coolant lines, ran the, oh, right. uh, the ran, the, ran the electricity, ran the three phase. And so, how did you know what you were doing? I didn't, or, man. How, but how did you? So, did you just like close your eyes and pick out I of a just, catalog, or how did you fuse bombs, man? Yeah, like I ordered the system. That, like, I like, no, really, like, I ordered the system, and it, 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 I ordered it from China, and it came in, and just well, I guess that's what I mean. Like, how do you know what system to order? How do you know what size you needed? Because you you never brewed before, so what do you know from? So I you looked know, at what, from anything. what other people were doing, yeah. and one of the bigger breweries in Japan is Baird, mm-hmm. and they took a one thousand liter system a very far away. Like very, they pushed it to the limit, and you know they had three tap rooms around Tokyo, and they were distributing and bottling, and and I saw what they did with that system, and I knew that one tenth of that was okay for me. Like that's I don't really need to build the world empire, and so um, I saw that they, well, how much they did with it, and I I realized that was a good number to to max out at. Like mm-hmm. I, I, that was fine for me, and so that's that's how I went about choosing. And you know, you do some math, and you're like, okay, I need to at least sell this much, and I don't want to be brewing four, five, six batches a day a week we, of hundred liter beer either. Yeah, and so I figured that's work, dude. I, no one wants to do that. That's shit. exactly what I'm trying to avoid <laughs> here. And so the thousand liters seemed like. Like kind of like the, the safe zone as far as if I wanted to take it really big, I could. Yeah. And if I wanted to hang back, I could. And so it just it seemed like the right fit. And okay. It seems to be working out. So. I'm just just curious because I, I wouldn't know. I, I wouldn't know. I would need somebody to come in and tell me what to buy. 
Yeah. Like, hey, you really need this, dummy. And I go, okay, here's a check. And then, you know what I mean? That, that's what I would need to do. But apparently you're a lot smarter than I am. No, I just, yeah, I just put a little. Or you didn't care. Know. Or you're just like, eh, who cares? Like, if it, if it works, it works. If not, I'll figure something else out. Yeah, no, I just figured as long as I just keep keep at it, then it's going to work out. Like, as long okay. as I keep putting thought into it or keep so it. you're very positive. Yeah, well, if, something, if a problem comes <laughs> up, all you can do is. Fix it and just head another direction, and so that's yeah. that's how I looked about it, and it it was not easy. You know, if I had the money to have somebody help me do everything, I probably would have. But yeah, like uh, it all it all worked out. So I mean, okay, it's going okay. All right, well that's good. One of the fastest growing new breweries in Japan, actually. So it's not just wow, it's not know. just working out. Yeah, he makes good beer. Yes. Okay, we should work. we'll try some at the next break. Hopefully I'm it traveled well, it. but you know they're, they're <laughs> yeah. one of the hot breweries in Japan right now, definitely. Wow. So now you're okay. commercially brewing. How do you get ingredients for that? That's shipped in by the pallet? Or do you yeah, so um, he actually uh, Im- you imports, somebody? Simpsons. He impo- imports uh, Simpsons malt. Oh. And uh, I I was using a couple other brands from a company that import. They're the main importer of malt, but their malt section is actually a small part of a huge food importer. Oh. So mm-hmm. they don't really... Ah, they, anyway. They, they ship you a bag of fertilizer and say, oh, did, did we send you the wrong thing? Yeah, you so know. Why, like, so why do they have malted barley if they don't know what to like, do with it? Because that's their, I don't know, they started Whatever. doing it from a long time ago. and they Oh, just, I see. His grandfather didn't. Yeah, they scooped mm. it it's up. It's not their forte. But. Yeah, and so uh, Simpsons malt is pretty, that's all I pretty much use to brew with. It's great malt. Okay. Yeah, it's great. Absolutely amazing. And um, hops, there's some hop importers here and there in Japan. And so you go through and see who's got hops and who doesn't and but most of it, everything has to be imported. Yeah, pretty sure there's no. I mean, there's there's native hop farms. They're just not large scale, and the, the big ones owned by Kirin. Um, there are a few large breweries that have their own hop yards, but it's you know for like wet hop stuff. It's not enough to sustain them. Okay. Uh, there's some like local malting on a very small scale, but Japan has to import everything, the malt and the hops, and I mean there's definitely the space to run some professional. Hot fields there, but again, the the cost of labor in Japan's high. I, ju- I just think Japan's always going to have to import uh, most of its raw materials. Mm. Okay. And then uh, yeast, uh, you use dry yeast. Or yeah, you- using dry yeast. Uh-huh. I I um I was all about going down the liquid yeast, but by the time it gets to my door, it's about a thousand dollars for a ten barrel <laughs> pitch. A ten barrel pitch is you know from White Labs to here would be two hundred fifty bucks, yeah. I think. But by yeah. the time it gets to me, it's Thousand. That's <laughs> like import taxes and stuff, well, or just shipping taxes or? and shipping and this. Because you that. need it in two, three days. Yeah, I exactly. guess, Right. Yeah. Expedited shipping. So it uh, it's not cheap. No, Whereas man. you know it's it's. I mean, it, it would be great to use it, but when you can get packets of SF five or four or Lalamed's yeast, and it's you know seven thousand seventy dollars for a pitch. It's like it's how really, do you? It's really hard. <laughs> stock it up. I no. would, yeah, I would love to be doing that, but it's just it's well, much and, easier. And dry yeast has is, is, is really gone up in quality. Too. I, I drink a lot of great beers made with dry yeast. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. assuming that your beer is in any way deficient because you use dry yeast. But I, I you know, know, for some of the specialty beers, it would be it'd be oh, nice sure. if I wanted to, yeah, brew a, yeah. Um, some a Belgian beers or something. Yeah. You know, like it'd be nice to get that yeast. But at the same time, IPAs or pale ales, you know, SF five gets mm-hmm. it done. So, yeah. you know, back, backtracking a little bit, we mm-hmm. were talking about the difficulties of. of you know, Gareth opening up a brewery, but one thing that 
we haven't touched on his favorite topic is bureaucracy. Oh, uh, we <laughs> love it too. Which we, don't want, we don't want to get on there and open up. <laughs> you, you don't want to open that box. Just, like, open a brewery in Japan. You can't say, hey, I'm going to open a brewery and do it. it. It's an enormous amount of paperwork, a lot of bureaucracy that you have to work through, a lot of just governmental stupidity that you you have to get beyond. Yeah. And he did it all himself without, you know, if, if you've got, you know, a, a Japanese native that you're working with, it's, it's definitely easier. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not he's not the first. He's not the only one. There's others that oh. have done it. But, um, you know, a place like Aomori, I mean, this is like the, the, the hinterlands and you're, <laughs> you're dealing with some very... Um, Conservative bureaucracy. Okay. What do you mean you want to start a brewery? <laughs> they just, pull, they, the, they, pull the alarms. They didn't want anything uh, they, like they that in me. there, or they just didn't understand it? Well, the city, both, the city hall just told me, no. They were like, can't just, do it. And I was like, you can't can't do it. And it's the worst like, thing to tell Garrett, you can't do it. Yeah, yeah, if you ever want me to do something for you, just tell me I can't do it. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll show you that. But that's what they say. They're like, no way you can open up a brewery. No way people are going to go to it. No way you can sell product to Tokyo. And I was like... I remember you, and then uh, had two banks turn me away. One straight up said, nah, "I don't know about lending money to a non-Japanese, a white person." Oh, wow. And I was like, "Put you on my list." <laughs> and then I went to another one, and they they pretty much did the like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah," like gave me the smiles, and then shredded right the shredder, yeah. like, well, "We'll look into you. We'll get back to you in fifteen yeah, yeah. minutes." And uh, nope, and I was like. And so the last bank I went in, and I just went in with the fury, and I was like, I need to talk to the bank manager and, like, somebody. And I was like – and I sat him down. I was like, look, just listen to me. I was like, I can't write up the paperwork the way you want it. I'm not Japanese. Uh, I can't do whatever dog and pony show you want. But I, if you just listen to me, ask me any question, I'll tell you honestly, and just give me a chance to explain mm-hmm. what I'm trying to do. And um, – did you have a business plan? Yeah, I had a business or? plan okay. and stuff right. and everything. And I, and I had bars in Tokyo that I'd known from – Time before that, we're willing to buy my cake. And I have I a opened. sense that you're putting some of your own money in as well. I put to, to, to make them. So, I, so I borrowed <laughs> 250 grand. I was that was what I needed to borrow. Mm-hmm. But I used my life savings, which was like 130 grand. And so you would think a bank's like, come oh, on, shit, man, we're we're insured. Like yeah. you're, it's like I got ten dollars. Can yeah. I open a brewery? And they're like, I'm like, I think I'm kind of putting. And they're like, yeah, hey, yeah, that doesn't matter. I'm like, but it should very much matter. Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. So that was. That was how it went, man. It was just, it was uphill battle every single, no, there was nothing that went smooth. It was the city telling me no, it was banks telling me no, it was the tax office, like, just hoping that they told me no and I would stop. The tax office had to get the license through. And the, okay. And, yeah, that's how it went. Yeah, I mean, how, how, do, how do you tell a, li- a license, uh, the, the tax office for the for the license? How do you, when they tell you no, how do you tell them, what do you mean no? Well, I just say, like, what's no? And they're like, all of it. And then I just go back and fix it and give it to them again. And it's so just I, problems with the paperwork. I just I just think they were hoping you'd give up. Like really, like honestly, like I think a lot of people like you if oh, you most would. Yeah, if you saw what it takes, like I if someone's like I gave up doing it, I'd be like Yep, that I I understand. Like I don't judge you for it. And so but yeah, I just every week I'd go in like, How you doing guys? Some back and they're like and then eventually, so you like, warm down. Yeah, I really. That's what it was. Like yeah. eventually, like all right, all right, all right, all right. Let's just get this done. And I was like, well, I could have done this a year. It took me a year. It took me a year to get my brewing license. Like, really? From the time I went into the office to the time they actually finally gave it to me, it was 
And I feel bad. I wish I had kept notes to help other people. But if someone asked me, I just tell them, don't give up and just keep, just keep pushing. <laughs> just keep, just keep showing back. up. Yeah. Just keep doing and it. The tax office is notorious in Japan for not wanting to give people licenses. It's all locally run by your local tax office. And okay. These guys are bureaucrats. They're like, oh, man, you mean I got to go out to a brewery and actually check on it? It's oh, extra work. It's more work yeah. than yeah. Thing to check on once a month or whatever. Um, yeah, so. Huh. Is it in your in your local area? Was it also that they just really didn't know? Yeah, so anything they, about it. The only there's only one. No, there's two breweries, but they they hadn't given out a brewing license in 20 years, <laughs> and so wow. that was it. And I, like I said, since everything gets their last, I tried to explain to them this idea of craft beer, and they're like, Nah, nah, we're Japanese. We like Asahi, and I'm like, Yeah, yeah. Well, Americans love Budweiser, but things start to change, and the, you eventually. This will become the norm in Japan as well, and don't you want to be kind of at the forefront of it? And they're like, yeah, no. Well, I do, so can yeah. we, you don't have right. to be on board. But yeah. how, how many people remember the banks that lended to AB? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So it just, I don't know, man. That's, that's what it was. But well, I, good for you, dude. I don't well, know if I could do I would have been like, oh, everyone hates my idea. I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing, that's, and that's it. Luckily, personality-wise, that just is fuel. Because now when I run into those guys, you know, I just... Ear to ear grin, like, hey, you told me, hey, you want to have, you can have come as beer yeah. as you want, man. Like, say, like, all those people, instead of sending them a big F you, it's great. Free beer whenever you guys want. I, I, the city, whenever they in. show up, I'm like, yeah, have a beer, man. You know, I sell, sell a lot of beer in Tokyo, actually. I bring a lot of money to this free beer. Did you know that? Did you know that? You didn't. I know you do, but you pretend you don't, but yeah, so I, I'm very. I give it back to him pretty good. So. Good, yeah, good yeah, man. Yeah, you yeah. should. The, the days when you can say, hey, you know how much I pay in taxes? Here? I, I'm getting pretty what? close to that because the alcohol tax in Japan salary. is, Ooh. what is it in here? You know, 30, 40 no cents a idea. gallon or something yeah. like something that. Something like that, yeah. So it's $2.20 a liter. Whoa. Wow. A liter? Four liters in a gallon. So Ooh. that's $8.80 per Wait, gallon. Wait, four liters? That's not four liters in a gallon. There's three point. Yeah, I guess about right. Yeah, so less like, than Google. Yeah, yeah. How many liters are in a gallon? Yeah, I don't know so anymore. It, but yeah, it's <laughs> over about eight dollars a gallon for tax. And your so, kegs are three gallons ish. Uh, yeah, about four. Close to yeah, yeah. So we're fifteen liters. So it's each keg is. So you're paying like thirty bucks in, in tax taxes? per keg. Yeah. Wow. wow, that's a lot. So when I go in there and I'm like, <laughs> I do pay your salary. Like really, I do. So yeah. just. Stamp the thing and let me be on my way. Like, <laughs> let me do what I'm doing. <laughs> Jeez. Well, that doesn't sound like a good idea. But you know what sounds like a good idea, Tasty? The Suds Dud Society. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you knew that or not. It's a brewery t-shirt membership where members receive a t-shirt, promo item, and a homebrew recipe from a different brewery each month. Small independent breweries throughout the U.S. will be chosen for excellence in the craft. A portion of each membership will go to the highlighted brewery and to sponsor a local homebrew club in their area. Join the society by going to sudsdudsociety.com and use promo code BNARMY at checkout to receive your discount. Support small beer one tea at a time. You know what would be cool? Internationals craft breweries. Oh, yeah, it would be. For the Suds Duds thing, yeah. man. Well, Wouldn't that be rad? Well, they're just getting started, but I imagine they can expand to whatever. You know, who says it has to be uh, national? It could be international. Right? I think it would be pretty cool. Yeah. Suds, Dud Society. Okay, I think what we're going to do is take... Oh, what am I doing? I'm used to, like, writing everything down. Now we're all digital, so now I have to, like, <laughs> type in my name instead of scrawling it in Chicken Scratch, and I don't I don't know what to do with that. 
Uh, okay, we're going to take a quick break here. When we come back, we're going to be drinking some beer from Be Easy Brewing and talking a little about that, little recipe action, and uh, maybe some sake, you never know. Yes, we're going we're gonna to chase with the sake. <laughs> Hell yeah. All right, it's a session, everyone. Hang on, we'll be right back. You're listening to the Brewcasters. The Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Your support of the Brewing Network means everything to us. We couldn't produce shows without you. And we love giving you something extra for that support, like Brew Your Own Magazine. You already know it's a great brewing magazine full of recipes, equipment how-tos, discussions of beer styles, and brewing techniques. Whether you're new to brewing and just starting out or you're an old pro, you'll always learn something from the articles in Brew Your Own. Plus, there are amazing special issues like plans for building a Brutus 10 system, 250 classic clone recipes, and a home brewer's answer book. Brew Your Own Magazine and BYO.com are awesome resources for any brewer, whether for yourself or as a gift, when you subscribe or resubscribe from the Brewing Network homepage, you directly support programs like this. Get a great magazine and support the Brewing Network. Subscribe to Brew Your Own right from the BrewingNetwork.com. Are you looking for a simple brewing system that's great for all grain brewing, but everything on the market seems to be full of compromises? Blickman Engineering has the answer. The Blickman Brew Easy All Grain Brewing System. The Brew Easy is a complete system with easy upgrades and a beautiful compact design, perfect for any size brewing location. At its core, the Brew Easy is built on two gorgeous Blickman Boilermaker brew kettles, a high temperature March pump, and either a top tier gas burner or the new boil coil electric heater. The Brew Easy adapter lid allows the pots to stack on top of each other, forming an efficient, strong, and compact brewing setup that comes in 5, 10, and 20-gallon batch sizes. Upgrade your BrewEasy system with full automated control by adding a Blickman Tower of Power temp controller and make moving around easy with the Blickman Kettle Cart. The BrewEasy is modular. If you already own a Boilermaker kettle, you can build your BrewEasy by purchasing just the modules you need. The new BrewEasy all-grain brewing system. See it today at BlickmanEngineering.com and brew with Blickman quality on your new BrewEasy. This is Corey King from Side Project Brewing, and you're listening to the session on the Brewing Network. Hey, thanks for hanging out, everybody. Pouring some beers here from Be Easy. Before we get to them, though, I do want to remind you all about Great Fermentations. They have the largest catalog of Blickman products on the web, and their staff is some of the best trained in the business on using them, their product. They offer top-notch customer service and same-day shipping on many items. Check them out, greatfermentations.com. Also, be sure to like them on Facebook at GR8 Fermentation, and find them on Instagram and Twitter also at GR8 Fermentation, greatfermentations.com. All right, let me sign this thing off. So, uh, Gareth, while you guys are out here, you're hitting up some pretty much uh, Bay Area staples in brewing, right? You got, you're at Anchor. Yep. All right, you and Ryan, everybody, and uh, Chica and Masahiro, you guys were down in some classic uh, classic craft beers. Where else did you go? 
We went to first of all. How, sorry, first of all, how was the anchor tour? Was like, was there? Had you ever been? No, no. That, uh, this is my first time in California. My first time on the West Coast. Oh it took God. moving to Japan and opening a brewery to get me <laughs> to, to get over. <laughs> to get me to We're the California. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Would you like me to open this now? I don't know. Do you guys want to open the sake now, or is it later? There's never thing? a bad time to open oh, sake. Oh, might as well do it. Um, oh, how how rad is that brewery? That Anchor Brewery, man. Hey, it's it's cool, man. It's just it, I, the the room when we went in there is just frozen in time. There, yeah. the tap room on the second floor is yes. just like, oh, this is so cool. Like you can imagine, thirty or forty years of people just drink in that type of atmosphere, drinking beers, and and it was cool. They, I, we uh, talked to the brewer. They had their new little pilot system that's in the building across the street and stuff. Yeah, so and, for those that don't know. Um, Anchor Steam, as, as a part of their transformation moving forward, decided to open up a tap room. Um, I actually interviewed the CEO, Matt Davenport, uh, a few weeks ago, and he said okay. they realized that, you know, like we're an iconic brand. Why aren't we growing? And and they realized, one, we don't have an IPA. Well, how do you innovate an IPA? Not on that huge system. You need a smaller system and a tap room where you can interact directly with your customers. So they actually have a, a pretty attractive tap room with, you know, maybe 20 beers on tap. Some of them are, you know, anchor classics and then mm-hmm. others are things that are in experimental stages. So I, it's a, it's a fun place to visit. You know, it, it always was a fun place, but now yeah. it's got that added dimension and they're thinking about opening up a, root, a rooftop oh, well. tap oh, room. Yeah. God, they have to. Yeah, That'd so. be amazing. It, it's definitely a, you know, their vision is to turn it into a, a, a destination, you know, part of beer tourism. And I think and they're it doing is. a good job. Yeah. Of, mm-hmm. yeah. But I think, uh, but it's always been more of like a an antique like oh you have to go and pay respect to the old people right but yeah. it sounds like they're trying to make it more relevant it, yeah. than anything uh, and which is cool but as long as they don't remove that history cuz i mean like you said Gareth could walk into that room yeah. even Honestly, walking up the stairs. Yeah, yeah. Well, the carpet, it looks like the wall. It's, everything's the same you're, color you're slowly and it smells like a 70s office. Yeah, it's like, wow, this is weird. Transitioning back into the late 70s. Hurry. I can imagine everyone in the office is like smoking, <laughs> like a, a cigarette hanging out of the mouth and they're just banging away at the typewriter. have to push back the... the action or whatever. Like, that's what I, that's what I imagine. So, what was cool today, you know, we went to Ground Zero for craft beer in the modern era and then... After that, we went over to Social Kitchen, mm-hmm. you know, where Kim has kind of pioneered this new IPA style called Brute IPA. So we saw, yeah. like, the beginning of craft beer and then, you know, also the kind of the vanguard of, of craft beer. Um, That's all, a trip. That. Yeah, and then yesterday was was quite a blast, too. Mm-hmm. We were in the East Bay. Triple Rock, you know, America's still, like, longest-running brew pub. A lot of people don't know that. There's... You know, I don't old, even think I knew that. Yeah, older older brew pubs that are no longer around, but Triple Rock is the oldest still running brew pub in America. Is that true, Tasty? I feel like well, you were like uh, in first, your in your eighties when California, they were open. when yeah. the law was passed. They, they were right there to start yeah. doing it, and I imagine they survived other guys who were early, they're early on as well. So. Yeah, well, you had your eightieth birthday there when it opened, yeah, yeah, so exactly. I feel like <laughs> I mean, they opened. Remember, like it was yesterday. <laughs> Uh, went, went to field work. Um, you know, oh, yeah. uh, Alex came to Japan last year and was well received. Those oh. beers, so a lot of Japanese are interested in that. And, you know, it's a, a great Bay Area brand. And went down to Rare Barrel. Also, gotta go. Know, it's amazing mm. that stretch right there. You know, you can go to Triple Rock to field work. Torpedo Room unfortunately closed for renovations right now. Mm. Went to Rare Barrel, uh, and then we went to Hoi Polloi, which if if anyone's listening and hasn't heard of it, it's definitely a place that you should visit in the Bay Area. It's a, one of those underappreciated. Yeah. What was a brew pub, but they moved their, you know, their 
their machinery off off site, but it's still a mm-hmm. great place. Golden Age hip hop and craft beer. I mean, you can't go wrong with that. That does sound. That sounds kind of right up my alley. I've, right now. I've been calling that the wrong name for like five years. What are you even calling? You, it? you don't want to know. But to hear <laughs> no, you I say do. that just makes me feel so stupid. What were you calling it? I think it was something along the lines of Holy Poly. <laughs> Uh, you know, yeah. you were almost there, Bev. No. And, and then we're capping it all off with a with a trip to the Hop Grenade. And a, it's very, but it's downhill from the, wherever you were the wherever the yesterday. Yeah. Well, how long are you guys in, in uh, town and country? So we uh, got in yesterday yeah. and did that. And then we did what we did today. And then we head up to Seattle tomorrow. Like, so okay. we fly out, fly wow. out tomorrow. We're going to go to Seattle, go to some hop farms, uh, and go out in the... You're bringing hops stuff. back, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> Not just some hops. Five of our check bags are going to be. <laughs> it's the, so like, uh, for example, a kilogram of uh, Centennial over there is 40 bucks. A kilogram of it up there is 13. So it's just, it'll pay. The amount, the hops that we, I, I figured out, it pretty much pays for, almost pays for our plane tickets to bring hops back. Okay. So like, yeah, it's just a. A win-win. I told him they're like, "How many suitcases do we have? None. Put everything in your backpack. We need uh, no check bags. No check bags. I got. We got to bring back forty-four pound exactly weighed boxes God, of hops. Exactly back to even if you even if you pay for the extra bag, you're still you're still coming out ahead. Coming out far no, ahead. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Twenty kilo. Yeah, sure. Yeah. That's insane. That's crazy. Time. And that price isn't. It's not. Somebody gouging prices, you know, I, just, as he mentioned, I no. do a little bit of raw material importing for brewers in Japan. Mm-hmm. And there's so many costs along the way. You know, obviously, with hops, you got to do cold chain. Uh, you got your customs clearance, your tax, your warehousing. It just all adds up. And then yeah. you, know, you tack on even just a little bit for me to cover expenses. And you, you hit that $40 price point pretty quick. <laughs> pretty it's easily. expensive yeah. to brew in Japan. Yeah. Oh, geez. Luckily, the tax is cheap. Oh, no, no. No, the that's not any not either. cheap at all. So. <laughs> Luckily, the living is easy. Yeah, living is easy. I don't know easy, if that's yeah. true, yeah. No, where I am, it's Tokyo. I could never live there. That's just exhausting. But where I am, it's just... Pretty chill. Farms and apple orchards and... Snowboarding and yeah, sake. Yeah, lots of hot yeah, springs. sounds pretty good. It's Yeah, lots of hot springs, lots oh. of nature, and just chilling out up there. And, and now it's got craft beer up there. Now there is some Hell guy yeah. that opened a craft... Some, some stubborn ass guy <laughs> opened a craft up there. Wow, whoever that guy is Bro. should rethink his life. Well, let's drink some of this. Listen to the bank. <laughs> let's get drinking. Uh, what are we drinking first? The check pills? Yeah, so we just... Regular, regular pills, 100% pills and malt, mm-hmm. and Sats hops. And uh, just like it is here, you know, it's the, the hazy IPA is what's popular over there. And the, really? But, um, yeah, you that know, disappoints me greatly. Nah, I'm sorry to crush your dreams. Uh. But, and so, but you got to have, especially in the summertime, you got to have a beer that's crushable and easy, goes down easy. And so just wanted to make standard, standard pills. Not, didn't really do much playing around, didn't use any of the new hops or anything like that, just traditional mm-hmm. check hops. And it's all about the malt. Yeah, yeah. That, that's firm bitterness, man. That's good. Speaking of which, what malt did you use? Who's the Bavaria or the malt? This uh, Simpsons Lager Malt. Simpsons Lager. Yep. So, lager Malt? Yep. There's a Lager Malt? That's what Simpsons makes. For, that's what they call their pills and malt, I guess. Oh, so. okay. Okay. All right. Wow. That's nice. That's good. And it's, I will say, so they're in growlers. First of all, these growlers are pretty dope. They look like, Bev was like, they look like beakers. Maybe like 1,000 mil or 2,000 mil beakers. Like Aunt Jemima but they're sweet times. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it does. Exactly right. Yeah, Aunt Jemima with no curves, just a bell Straight curve. Up. Yeah. Um, they're pretty dope, and, and they it survived the trip. I mean, 
she popped that top and they went. Pfft. Yeah, it's. Do you, you don't find often with growlers? How, how how many hours on planes between us getting having to get down to Tokyo on a plane and then getting across and they traveled they traveled they quite a distance good. they sat in his fridge since yesterday and then made their way over here today. So is this the farthest? That your beer has ever traveled. Be truthful right now, please. Absolutely. There we go, Tasty. Hasn't left Japan yeah, yet. Yeah, so. Really? Yep. You're Hell the yeah. first non-Japanese residents to drink it. Yeah. Oh, Outside wow. of Japan, this is, this is right. it. I feel very honored. Yeah, it's just probably... This is the first and could be first and last, unless someone brings it brings it with them, right? So well, tell I'm, me about the, the water I'm drinking here. Is it uh, snowmelt or is it... Uh, uh, it's well, or what's it's actually all uh, sweat. City, just city water. Like, yeah. uh, and then um, the water there, it's really soft. And so uh, I didn't want to add too much to it, just a little. Not to this beer. Yeah, dash, dash calcium in there just a little bit. But uh, it's nice because I pretty much have a clean, clean slate to work with. Like, so I can pretty much mimic any types of water that I'd like to like to do. So, but it is yeah, the, your city water is definitely snow melt. Uh, it, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Because we're, starts. yeah, we're surrounded by. We live in a. Oh man, I can't remember the word. A valley? No. <laughs> well, I think where that's surrounded by mountains, like a circle, a basin, caldera, or something. Like I don't know. Like, okay. um, crater? That's not a crater. <laughs> Let's just call it a crater. <laughs> yeah, we, I live in a crater. It's so, a crater in the deep north. <laughs> it seems like very non-Japanese. It's a very non-elegant way to say something. Yeah, we live in a hole in the dirt, just in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> Enjoy right. the beer. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's all all snow melt. I guess run through run through the city and then yeah. makes its way to us. Chemicals to get it through the line. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Not much. And Masahiro here is your brewer. Yep. Right? And so he helped you. He made this beer. Was it, is this his beer? Is uh, it so your beer? I make, all, I make all the recipes, and okay. then we brew together. Okay. Like, it's just the two okay. of us. And, and then the packaging and everything is what is what he does. So how do you find help that can... Or not, not help, but you know, employees who um, who can who can help you do this kind what of stuff. What a great question! <laughs> How do you find good employees? I, outs- yeah. I outsourced the only finest. Actually, everybody that works at our company who has never been involved with beer in really? any way, shape, or form. And so the tap room staff, the chef. I mean, he was a chef before, but had no idea about craft beer. Chica's never worked in craft beer, and he used to pour concrete. And, concrete. Uh, yep. Well, do me ask. Do me a favor, please. This might be weird, but ask him how he got into craft beer. Like, wh- why? Why would he come to work for you? Um, uh, you know what I mean? Okay. You uh, get yeah, yeah. So uh, basically, do my job for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Should I change seats? No, <laughs> please okay. do. So, craft beer, hajimete shiteta. Gotta turn that mic on. There you go. So some of the homebrew I made, I passed out, and, liked it, and he drank it and was like, oh, this is cool. Okay. And then um, I I, uh, I figured everybody was could be on the same page as me. We could figure out as we went along. I just needed good people opposed to uh, trying to find the perfect person. Oh, sure. And so... Because those people don't exist. Why they want to work for you anyway? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah, so, they're perfect, right? They're, they're perfect. Yeah. And so we... Uh, from the beginning, it was just a learning experience together, and uh, now he can okay. he can easily brew on his own and everything. And and uh, from pouring concrete to pouring pour, beers, yeah, man, to pouring beers, it's a and, process. And what about Chica? Chica, she worked at a soft serve ice cream shop, and actually the chef was from there as well. And I uh, I went in there, and I've known them, I've known her for a long time. Okay. And the, the chef, I remember the first time I went there, and I ate his like he had some lunch special, and I was like. 
why the hell do you work here, man? Like, <laughs> was it really good? Yeah, it's, he's amazing. I was like, and that was before I even had an, dreams of opening a brewery. And yeah. so when I was like, man, I need a chef, I was like, got it. And then she, uh, Chica's does everything like I like I wrote down on the memo page. Yeah. So uh, she's on it. She distributes everything, fills out all the paperwork for the tax office. Because okay. if I talk to them, I'll end up wanting to destroy someone and so right. she she handles handles everything and we've she's anger management yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Right. she's she's the filter between me and and them and so uh yeah in the in the year and a half we've been open we've just you know i uh i, I study and what i study and take in i just pass on to them and and in a sense like especially like in the tap room because we've never had experience it works out because we only try to do it the absolute right way instead of being like, oh, well, at my old place, oh, yeah. we did this, or, you know, some old tricks. But it's just like, you know, I'm a big fan of the Cicerone program and stuff like that. And, and so you learn something from that, and it might be a pain in the ass to do it, but right. it's the right way to do it. And so I tell them, like, this is the only way we can do it. And so, you know, our, all our beer glasses are, are clean and everything. The lines are cleaned regularly and and um, the, my staff knows about the different styles and what to recommend through it. And, and they can pass it on to the customer. Exactly. That way the customer leaves with not just a buzz, but leave with some value, some Exactly. Knowledge. Yeah, instead of just being like, that guy makes the beer, like yeah. it's way different than Asahi. Try, like, that does, <laughs> that's not going to help no. increase knowledge about craft beer. And so, no. yeah, they, they've, they do it all now. Yeah, I just talk it up and you're just a take all the credit yeah. <laughs> right you just go all the bank it's it's funny cuz you're not the first person to come on that says I'm not looking for people in the beer industry nah, i nice. want to teach people what I, the way i want them to do it i don't want them to come in with preconceived notions telling me what i should be doing this is this is what we're doing but in your case you're learning together yeah that and that's like the same reason that i didn't take any investors or i didn't do anything like that cuz i just if i wanted to start making non-alcoholic beer tomorrow then I could. Like, I just wanted mm-hmm. to do it without... Some guy I, in a beard and a, yeah. and, a, and, a, and a beanie going, well, I don't really know well, if you should do that. You know, I just, the way I brew it, like, well, that's <laughs> that's cool, man. We all have our own ways of doing it. But, like, you know, I, I think we should do it this way. And, I, you know, it's you just know, easier. Finding competent staff mm-hmm. and employees in Japan is absolutely the biggest challenge of running yeah. a business in Japan. And, and business owners across Japan... Will agree with what I'm saying. There's a massive labor shortage in Japan. It's, hmm. it's well known news. It's not really? just the beer industry. It, massive labor shortage. I mean, this is a society. It's one of the fastest aging societies in the world. And you know, accomplished graduates right out of college, they're snapped up by businesses. It's so hard to find good staff. And he's done a really good job. I mean, not just. Uh, Chica and, and Masahiro, uh, you know, the other staff, like he said, his, his chef, he's done a really good job of recruiting talent. Mm-hmm. Like people who, when you say talent, like, oh, well, like they stood out, they shine. But he, no, not quite like that. He just recognized people that would fit in well for his business. And I think that's one of the primary drivers of success with his business. I mean, yeah, Gareth's a smart guy. He's talented and, you know, driven. But without your staff, you're, you're going nowhere. Yeah. He, he, he hired the right people, and, and the rocket ship is, you know, on its way. So Wow. Nice. You know, kudos to, to Gareth for recognizing talent that you wouldn't, you know, normally recognize as talent. you got to look for the, the qualities in people. Yeah. It, it, I mean, it seems like a, like, a, like a bad news bears kind of a thing, Tasty, right? Where it's just like, oh, people who don't really know what they're doing in this industry, we're going to make them shine. 
We're like a brewing network kind of thing. Yeah. Look at these misfits. Well, we're not, we're not, no. First of well, all, I, nobody yeah. recognizes talent on this show, and the rocket ship isn't going anywhere. So, yeah. it's no hiring is it's in fi- orbit. Hiring is fi- finding people with passion. Yeah, that's, interested yeah. in the product. People yeah. passion or people that are interested in working hard, yeah. or and yeah. and that's that's what it takes, right? And so, oh, especially worked, in this industry. Yeah, yeah he worked me? in concrete. She worked at the ice cream shop with the chef, and the other lady worked at a printing. Factory like printing, sure. and that—that's my my team. And yeah. I was in the military, and that's and we the, the breweries. You don't know anything about hard work in the military. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, <laughs> <laughs> um, Okay, so look, we did the check pills. Do we drink the sake now? Sake. What do we do? What do we do? Let's As, do the sake. Let's do the okay. Sake. How do we do this? So, so I didn't know if I poured enough or not. No, enough. that's the perfect pour. Plenty, plenty. Okay, I might have given Tasty a little bit too much. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm no, that's, sorry. No, that's fine. That's like a lot less. That's so sake is like a rice wine, essentially, right? Or not rice a wine? Liqueur, it's a rice beer. It? It's brewed. It's a beer. More similarly to beer than it is to wine. Okay. It's uh, so. It what, is, are the, it's what are the polished rice? Right. And, and when the, and rice. rice, rice, yep. And it's a cereal. It's a, there's a cereal step that converts that uh, starch to fermentables. Right? So uh, koji. It's a it's a mold oh, okay. that you sprinkle on specially prepared rice, and that. Mold penetrates the the kernel and uh, basically transforms those carbohydrates into fermentable sugars, and then you make a starter mash, mm-hmm. and you add more rice, and then more rice, and more rice, and till it's a big fermenting mash of sake, hmm. and then uh, normally you'll press it to get the you know, the sake out, and then you have your sake lees, which is the the rice, mm-hmm. and then you've got the liquid is your your sake. So very similar to beer. Very s- simple when you explain it or, or conceive of the process, but uh, many variables, many different kinds of rice, different kinds of uh, yeasts, um, many different steps in it. So it's, in my opinion, as diverse as beer. Um but it's just it a has, lot more subtle. Means it has a variety of mm-hmm. rice and yeast mm-hmm. ingredients are, are variable. Mm-hmm. And then uh, what other, after that? What what else? What, where's your chance to be creative uh, besides the uh, so what the rice I and the yeast? or is it creativity? I mean, is it? Oh, there's definitely creativity. Yeah, okay, yeah absolutely. So what um, I saw at the, this place, <laughs> they they do the cereal thing. So they they put the thing through a machine and gets the rice like warmed up and opened up. But then they, what it seemed like, he wouldn't tell me what it was, but it went through almost like a, a blower. And it, I don't know if like the, hmm. it, they, so they softened up the rice, but then they put like a thin, hard layer on it or so. That's what it seemed like to me. And he's like, we're the only people that do this. So that gives us, I don't know, that, that changed the texture of it or something like that. And he said that was unique. But this is from the day that, the only, the day that I was there. And so I have no idea how to, what they were doing, but. <laughs> don't quote me on this. So, yeah. <laughs> uses I a, think I was stealing their concept. He uses a really unusual yeast. It's, uh, it's like a wild horse. It's hard to rein in. But he used it and got his head around it. And whenever he tells brewers, oh, I use this yeast. I was like, you're using that? That's kind of weird, man. That's weird yeast to use. It's, so he, but he gets a consistent result? or yeah, he, doesn't, yeah. he doesn't worry he, about consistency. He, and he uses a really unusual proprietary rice. Um, it's it's only Aomori grown rice in most of his um, sake. Um, so rice is you know it's kind of like hops. You know different varieties give you different characteristics. So he uses this really unusual Aomori rice that nobody likes to work with because it's kind of wild. Okay. He uses this wild yeast and he throws wild and wild together and figured out a way over time to harness 
the power of the yeast in the rice so that it's drinkable. Somebody else using this rice and this yeast would come up with something that's just like pretty something different. rough. Yeah, okay. It'd be like gasoline. <clears throat> it's interesting because it smells kind of white wine-like. Kind of grapey, but also yes. like like licorice, mm. like a, like a ouzo almost. Yes, yeah, yeah. So I'm getting all Greek today. That's great. I feel good. <laughs> ouzo, I, a little I, bit of honeysuckle well, in there. Yeah. When I when I went to Greece, I was introduced to ouzo, and that yeah, that's forget about it. That's dude. serious. Stuff. That should have messed you up. So um, <laughs> that's why everyone's miserable and poor over there <laughs> from the ouzo. Yeah. So this is like the 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 hometown sake brewery in Hirosaki. Um, Everyone loves them. It's everywhere you go. The sake's on, and you know. Hopefully, Gareth's beer at Dead Be Easy will be the equivalent in the beer world. Everywhere yeah, you go, this not? is the beer that's on. Um, but this is the local local style sake. Interesting story about sake. You know, it has a long history of interacting with the food. So, different parts of different regions of Japan have different food cultures. So. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're near the coast, you get fresh seafood, so the sake tends to be a little more delicate. Uh, historically, food that needs to be transported into the mountains had to be salted or cured in some way, so the sake is a lot richer and, and kind of funkier to, to pair with that food. And so Aomori, this deep north area, um, different food culture, so this is a big-bodied, sweet sake that can go with, you know, Food that they would typically eat in the deep north stews and things like that. Okay. Power fish right. or something. Yeah, yeah that's a <clears throat> that's a trip, man. You know, especially in, here in in the states, uh, I, I think sake is sort of catching on a little bit. There's like a subculture of sake, but for the most part, every American's been introduced to hot sake from the box yeah. that nobody knows it's really from a box or like even just an industrial warmer that they just go, okay, here's your little thing of sake and you don't know what you're doing. Um, but um, this is pretty good. It's really, it's really nice. So you can imagine drinking that with a beer, too. right? Very so easy. in Japan, oh, yeah. like drinking sake and beer, it's not like, you know, in America they do what is it called, the sake bombs. That's Man, Where like you that, pound on the table and you just you look like a <laughs> grow up. Yeah, you know, um, <laughs> no. I guess it's fun, but it's you fun, know, in Japan, you you can you you can you drink your beer and drink your sake with it and go back and forth, and and there's places that think very carefully about that. And they have sake and beer pairing. Oh yeah, really? actually, San Diego. Um, there's a, um, a place called Psycho Sushi. It's right beside Coronado. Okay, yeah, the Coronado's original brew pub. And the Coronado guys used to bring over craft beer, mm. and these guys had sake, and they, so they started this pairing program where they would pair craft beer oh, wow. with sake, and they're incredibly advanced. I mean, they, these guys are pioneers, and you can go down. They have another location uh, in San Diego near Modern Times as well. Okay. And it's an amazing sake and craft beer pairing program. It's the only one I know of in America, and it will completely change how you think about these two alcoholic beverages. Wow. I mean, you know, like you have sake and it changes your approach to beer. Oh, yeah, for sure. And and vice versa. I I almost don't want to get into it, to be honest with you, Tasty. It's dangerous. Because I feel like also the the, uh, quality of sake or even the breadth of what we have available would be really disappointing. Like, oh, maybe you have four or five things and you're like, okay, I've had those and you can't get any more because... A whole other set of disappointments. Yeah, (laughs) because no one's importing it, right? You know, Uh, if you're here in the Bay Area, you have a lot of good sake choices. Uh, Chicago, New York, a lot of the big um, Big metropolitan areas have have good sake, but the Bay Area and New York 
are incredible. I mean, your sake options are greater, actually, than if you went to Gareth's place. And, and <laughs> He's like, hey, that's just me. Yeah, you know, but it, it's incredible. It, you're, you're paying a lot. Yeah. But, you know, if you it? want to drink sake, then you're in the right hmm. city okay. if you're in San Francisco. How long, will it, how long will it last? Is it like a whiskey or a bourbon where you don't need to flush it? Or is it like now a Now you're wine? getting into some really fascinating topics. You know, okay. you oxidize sake. Uh, it starts to age in, in, in strange ways that some brewers don't like and some brewers do it's just kind of like um souring beer there there were brewers that like why why are we why are we putting you know bread and beer it's we worked so hard for so long to keep this this junk out of beer now we're souring same thing with sake um brewers brew the sake and they sell it to you and this they say this is how we intend you that we we intended <laughs> that you would drink this now fresh. like an ipa and there's people that go age it and do you know, weird oxida- oxidi- ox- oxidation experiments with it. Jones. And it t- turns the sake into something <laughs> sherry-like. It's, huh. And okay. a lot of brewers are like, hey, we didn't want you to do that to our sake. But you know what? It tastes pretty good. Give me some more of that. Okay. So that you know, that's sake. It, so it lasts, you know, as long as, as, long as your you, palate wants it to as last. As long as it tastes and good to you. Brewers say you should drink it. Um. You know, within a few months, just like beer. And if you open it up, you know, you've got a few weeks. Actually, the oxidation won't kill it, but the people open it up and then close it and put it in their room temperature shelf to let it change and let the oxygen kind of work on that sake. So, well, that's cool. That's something you can't do with beer necessarily. No, no. You know, I mean, you can not age good, it. And you can outcome. do whatever. But well, uh, in, in beer, right? You you, you can't open it. You, and you it age it in a, in a barrel, a wine barrel, whiskey barrel, whatever, mm-hmm. and it. And it and, and those barrels and, and all the the junk in it works its effects on the, on the beer and in sake it's the the oxygen. Uh, is there oak aged uh, barrel yes, aged there sake? It is actually. And, is it good? Um, yes, actually. I mean, <laughs> okay. it's, I mean, it's something that, question, that the the sake industry is rediscovering. It's just like the beer industry. You know, everyone moved to stainless steel, and now they're saying, "Wait a minute, what did we?" Like with modernization, what did we dump that was good? And so a lot of sake breweries, most sake breweries moved to stainless steel, and now some of them are moving back to wood because they're discovering that wood imparts complex flavors and aromas to the sake. So it's it's hmm. a new thing, just like, you know, 10 years ago when Goose Island started doing what they were doing and other breweries. Um, you know, it's just... it's kind of parallel to that the sake okay. industry is discovering what american craft breweries discovered with barrel aging 10 15 years ago that's cool because that'd be cool maybe to do a sake in like a, a, a barrel that had beer in it or something yeah. like that so, and kind of do weird stuff like that because of this renaissance you know there's sake going into barrels again and now sake barrels are becoming available mm-hmm. and japanese breweries a few of them are starting to put beer back in those sake barrels so that it you know, works on the beer. Yeah. Um, the ones that have been doing it have been doing it right, in my opinion. Um, so what I would like to do is get some barrels back to America, for example, for a rare barrel. You know, would yeah. that be awesome? Mm. That'd be great. Yeah. I'm sure they'd be into it, too. Yeah, so we're, you know, we're working on freaks. that. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's what I would love to do. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Well, let's let's drink this other beer. It's, uh, what is this? Pale Ale. Just American Pale Ale. Pale Ale. Um, Mosaic Citra, uh, no, Mosaic and Centennial Hops, oh, two, two to one. 
Wow. Um, Tasty. What do you think of that? That was great. It's uh, funny. Do you hear him? He's like pronouncing it Japanese. Mosaic. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. It's mosaic, dude. My biggest, my biggest worry about <laughs> being on this show. <laughs> mosaic. <laughs> mosaic. <laughs> you need more slack jaw. Nah, that's Only my biggest worry. <laughs> the biggest worry about being on here today. I wasn't nervous. I was like, man, my pronunciation for stuff is just so. Because I don't hear it from. Uh, no, well, I don't. Not around people that say it. Uh, but every once in a while, you, when you have like your pointed vowels, you sound very Philly. Oh, okay. But then when I'm but speaking about hops, American hops, I'm most, speaking. Mosaic. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, it's, I talk with him. I, and so we don't. And I don't know how it was originally pronounced. I'm just like, oh, I speak it in Japanese. And when I have to say it in English, I'm like, uh, let's kind of fudge it back into the. Just, so, so, mosaic. Yeah, mo- mo- mosaic. If anybody was wondering, me. it's pronounced mosaic. mosaic. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, mosaic hops, centennial, two to one. The yeah. centennial's less. And uh, just. Uh, at 15 minutes whirlpool and then a light really light dry hop nothing nothing special so this is called Debbie's Pale Ale yeah Debbie's Pale Ale can you tell us about Debbie so uh, is that cool yeah so um, you know building the deciding to charge forward and build a brewery all by myself dates start to really just don't mean anything like you you know, I'll open today. No, I was just just kidding six months from now just (laughs) kidding before the Tokyo Olympics and uh and so, you know, it's just chaos. I'm at my wit's end. I should have given this up a long time ago. And then the first day we could actually actually brew. Uh, because somebody didn't wire things the right way and because somebody didn't do it, uh, run the three-phase the right way. I don't know who that somebody was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, an amateur electrician. That, that yeah. guy. I'll never hire him again. It was really cheap. Surprisingly enough, if you don't know what you're doing, you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. And so made it through the brew day. It was completely miserable. Uh, it was a long day. It was like 15 hours. Uh, every wrong, Everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. And then I went home, and I was like, oh, man, what did I get myself into? And I realized it was my mom's birthday. Uh, and screwed up twice. Yeah, 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 exactly. That was the bigger <laughs> screw up. And so all of my beers I name after the local dialect. And so people in Tokyo have no idea what my beer names mean. But when they order it, they have to speak the local dialect. So I just, uh, I just it's kind of like a shout out to where we live. There you go. But because it was made on my mom's birthday, I was like, oh, come on, man. It's got to be Debbie's Pale Ale. Like, it's there's no other option. And so that that's how the name came about. And that's pretty awesome. So, uh, is it weird, like uh, hearing your name, hearing your mom's name, with like a Japanese accent? Is it is it something that people understand? It's actually when you say there? it in Japanese, it's actually pretty similar. Chika, Debbie's Shabbat Debbie. One more time. Debizu. 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 Uh, kind of something. Yeah. <laughs> now, now, now say Larry Parallelogram. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it's, it is. It, okay, so the, the point is it gets across. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they, they get it. Yeah, it's still about order. Yeah, is, yeah. Is it, is, did you tell your mom, like, hey, there's people in Tokyo saying your name like five times a day? Uh, so, uh, unfortunately. In which she is stoked. Yeah, unfortunately, my, uh, my mom has um, uh, FTD. It's a special kind of dimension for early. Mm. It's early onset, so she's oh. 54. So she, has, she doesn't even know I have a brewery. She doesn't know any of that stuff. Sorry. Unfortunately, oh, sorry, right? Sorry, man. That's too like, bad. Uh, it'd be awesome if she knew that. Her beer was just running rampant around Japan. Like, <laughs> yeah, for sure. She would have got a kick out of it. But my yeah. sisters, they they make up for it. They enjoy it. They there enjoy you go, it. They dude. Love yeah. it. They love the fact that mom's got a beer. So <laughs> tell, uh. tell us about your sisters, because like I posted something on Uh-oh. on on social media, 
and your sisters clearly love you. They, they, I, I saw it reshared. It's like, oh my god, I'm so proud of my brother. And yeah, I guess since I, I just kind of blazed my own path. You know, I left, left home when I was 18, and I was in the bomb squad. And then I played an instrument. Then I get on TV shows, and then I open a brewery. And like, and so like this, where's this guy going? Yeah, like, <laughs> really, like it's like us. He's opening the disco. His own star. And like, so they, they actually got to the point where they'd be telling people about me, and they'd be like. You don't have to lie for your brother. He's probably, you know, homeless. And they're like, no, really? Like, and they're like, this guy does. And so, like, they they just love it. Every time we do, they're probably listening right now. Every time we do something, they're just as supportive as they can be, being a whole half the world away kind of thing. But, yeah, yeah they, they love it, man. They love hearing what I'm doing. And it doesn't surprise them anymore. Like, oh, I was did this. And they're like, oh, okay. Like, <laughs> now you can tell me you're on the brewing network. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they'll be like, uh, yeah, so... You can't Arby's. make up any stories anymore, huh? <laughs> exactly. Gareth, yeah. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> uh, well, cheers to Debbie and Debbie's daughter. Ah, cheers, man. Yeah, Thank you. Man. So what's the uh, next step? You know, man, you've conquered everything, every challenge. You got a brewery. Now what? Yeah, now what? Uh, I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm having a lot of fun doing what we're doing now. Um, I have no intention of ever growing out of the building that we have. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the fact that we're always sold out of beer. Like, I, if that's what all my customers complain about mm. until the day I, I'm done like that's fine like I I, uh, I want to maybe open up um, a tap room near where the military base is on the other side of where we live but uh, just keep making beer try to find the other a few more pieces to the empl- employees for a few more people that'll be willing and wanting to do what we're doing and just uh, keep spreading craft beer in the other upper half of Japan yeah and uh you know, if any uh, there's any brewers in Japan that are around my area that come up and have questions or anything, you know, I'd, I'd love for more places other than me to just start start brewing up there and in cities near me and just get it. Get you want to see the thing out. thrive? Man. Yeah, yeah, for just, sure. Who doesn't? Like, yeah. you know, it's we all win. The more beer, good beer. No, there the is. more the bigger the scene, the more of the scene, the bigger the scene. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. just we all. Uh, there'll be a hope. There'll be some day where it's like the word beer equals you know Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. Like uh, I'm going to grab a beer, and that's instead of ultra light something somethings. It's right. you know that's that's what beer <laughs> means. And if we ever get to that point, that'd be pretty fantastic. Yeah, that'd be so. great. Let me try this sake with this pale ale. Have you done this yet, Tasty? I did with another beer. Are you yeah, wasted? Yeah. No, I'm not wasted. <laughs> <laughs> He's like Tom Cruise in Last Samurai. Sake. Sake is so clean and. Uh, Drinkable. That's a really doesn't nice get in the socket. way at all. It's such a nice sake. I'm doing it right now. That's a trip, man. What's the ABV because on the socket? Probably yeah, seventeen percent. Seventeen. Okay, good. Because I, you know, obviously I don't speak Japanese or read like Japanese, but I saw like a sixty percent and like a fifty-five. Oh, you want me to pour for you? Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, you do it in Japan. Is this how you do it in Japan? Let me see. Like somebody's got to pour for the other dude. Is it that? Uh, right, right, right over this Sounds soundboard cool thing. Soundboard. <laughs> it's you. not mine. I don't give a shit. So I think the sixty he knows better. But the sixty forty percent is the type of rice oh. that they're using, like maybe white Can rice I, yeah. and brown Can rice, I or because I, I looked at it, I was like sixty percent. I'm fucked. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna live here now and start my own brewery underneath the desk because I'm not going home anytime soon. So no, this is just the milling rate. So in sake. Um, the outside of the the kernels of rice have, have fats and proteins that uh, create all flavors in the sake. Mm-hmm. So you, what you want to do is mill that away so mm-hmm. that you just have the carbohydrates. But obviously, the more you mill away, the more expensive it gets. 
Um, so this has been milled to a fairly surprising level. Um, so they milled away 40% for just the, the main bulk of the grain in the koji uh, has been milled away 45%. So they milled away almost half of the, okay. of the shell to create the the koji, which is what you use for the starter mash. And then they start at doing rice additions, uh, and they milled that down to 60 So this is a, a pretty it's a recipe. refined. Yeah. But it, I mean, it, but it's essentially their their mash recipe, right, like yeah. you put on a bottle of beer. Exactly, like what so, what malt we used. Or that's cool. So the so the rice, it's pr- the process for brewing. It's 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 not a, it's not a dry rice. It's it's not table rice. So the, one of the, the one of the interesting things is when the rice that we eat tastes really good because it has proteins and fats. Mm-hmm. And so table rice stuff that you eat, you want that. But when you're brewing with it, you don't want it because it, 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 it's just really nasty when you got high-fat, mm. high-protein rice. Oh. Rain, a lot of rain will uh, create – just like with, with, with malt. You know, you uh-huh. don't want a, a lot of rain. It will create too many proteins. Mm. Um, so farmers will kind of uh, manipulate their growing techniques to create rice that is, is low in protein and fats and has – these massive kernels of carbohydrate inside. So. That's crazy. And different, obviously, different rice strains have different characteristics. Uh, Sounds so difficult. Yeah. <laughs> I, could really never, I could never brew this. No, there's no way. Sake brewing is rough. I, yeah. I have total respect for breweries that still do uh, sake. And actually, um, one-fifth of all Japanese craft beer breweries... Mm-hmm. Uh, still do sake. They were originally sake breweries. So mm-hmm. Kiyuchi, who does Hitachi no Nest, and you know a lot of, of great breweries. Um, they do. Where, where they, they've been doing sake for generations, huh. and they learned a lot about sanitation and those kinds of things. So naturally, sure. When the beer laws changed about a little more than twenty years ago, like, oh, we're jumping into that, and and sure enough, those are the guys doing pretty good beer as well. That's dope. And equipment wise, that was a. That wasn't necessarily an easy transition. Different equipment, right? Or yeah, different equipment, but they understood the process, the process because fermentation sake brewing is, is definitely more similar to beer than wine. So everyone calls it rice wine, but it's not really. It's, it's not just really. It has those qualities of, of white wine, yeah. mostly. Oh, yeah. But it's, sake, is, sake is beer. It okay. really is. Uh, it's rice beer. Well, and, and, and it really works with that pale ale because the pale ale... It's sweet. Mm-hmm. The the bitterness comes through, but it doesn't dominate. The malt kind of comes through, and then you have the sweet, like you're saying, right? Honey, the honeysuckle, mm-hmm. um, all those flavors really work well together. Yeah, I want them to be what, in the same glass. What's that specialty <laughs> malt in the, the pale ale? Uh, so it's uh, we use Simpson's Golden Promise, yeah. and then uh, wheat and a dash of Munich malt. Munich, Munich malt. Yep. Masahiro, good job. That's good. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> he's, he's, he's hurting over there because we did a good number on him last night. Yeah, you wrecked him? Yeah. yeah we yeah. wrecked each other last night. It was mm. pretty divisive. We were responsible for a good distance. We were being responsible adults there for a while. Well, and what's then, the fun in that, man? And then it just stopped being responsible. What, what ruined you guys? What was like yes. the... Because um, everyone... So after night is a legal thing. now, and we went to a legal marijuana shop, oh. and we got some stuff. Okay. And like a... Right. Yeah. Like a mouth spray? Like they said, this is on sale no, for they, like seven bucks. It's like, you know... Like it's the, a, like a banaca? You know, like, oh, yeah, like yeah. a yeah, spray, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
And it's like, Ksh. it's not working. Ksh. Oh, oh you no, dummy. He would have loved it, Tasty. He, I'm, he, I'm sitting in the back I seat. I should have been with like, you guys. I rookie would say, mistake. I would say, slow your roll here, guys. No, really, he was up there, and he's like, he shoots it three times. It says, you know, one spray is two milligrams. He shoots it three times, and he's like, two minutes later, this is not getting it in. No. And I'm like, <laughs> And I'm just sitting in the back seat, like maybe give it more it than thirty right. seconds. He's like, 30, yeah. yeah, and he was like, "Not, nope, not, nope, not working. Shouldn't have bought it. Not working." <laughs> Lo and behold, like after we got done eating dinner, he was just like, "Yeah, no." And Bobby G's <laughs> drinking Pliny the Elder, right? You know, and I'm going, things are going oh, fractal. <laughs> So yep, one spray gets it in. Surprisingly oh. enough, what about Chica and like taking that spray right, and you spray it into your Pliny the Elder. Right? Oh. You gotta. Oh man, I, th- I think Masahiro's problem was or something. You know, I think Masahiro's problem was he uh, he didn't sleep at all on the plane. No, like, at no. all. He was like, nope, don't want to sleep. And we're like, you need to go to sleep. He's like, nah, got it. And then we get off the plane. We have some coffee. He drives us around the mountains, like drift racing around the mountains. <laughs> it's like the Berkeley Hills, right? I'm right. Like, this is fun. This road. Let's oh, yeah. That check out the view, view of San Francisco. Check out the bay. And then we park. And, well, no, we go to Triple Rock. And all three of us, I was like, I'm going to the bathroom to puke. This is before we started drinking. So I puke up coffee. Yeah. And then they're like, smart. They're like, yep, I need to go. And so we're all vomiting at like 10 in the morning from his driving. And that's how we started the day. So that's, by the end of the day, I'm surprised we made it anywhere because we started out by puking up coffee and then started to drink but you feel better no no i i felt like i was was like man i'm how am i gonna make it through the day and i i cleaned out house and i was like yep let's go pumping right through (laughs) right through san francisco get that poison up with some new poison in (laughs) so is is there is there a big weed culture in japan or is it no nah japan is pretty hard pretty straight iron gates man people smoke and grow yeah super legal you get busted for that you're in trouble really big time to prison for more you're gonna go to prison longer than more heinous crimes like it's it's bad it's pretty bad so it's not you can't it's not for me it's not even worth pretending like i could probably find it but it's like it's going to cost me a lot more than it's worth. Oh, yeah. for sure. So Chica and Masahiro, they didn't. They don't smoke weed. They, they never, never. Have they ever experienced? Nope. Did they do they it? They did not totally approve. Okay. They All gave right. it a shot. They gave it a whirl. Did they really? Yeah, they gave did it. Did they like it? Did they like it? Did they like it? Do that. The no uh, so she she like didn't get high, you know. Uh, it's like yeah. fuck, you know, yeah. bring somebody to Bay Area and you know to get like this is your didn't one work. chance to get high. And it didn't okay, work, so. all right. Uh, he was all he was, I don't know. I think it was a mixture of that drinking too much, not sleeping. He looks like he's high right now. Ima demo nanka kiteru kanji sundo, and so so I think, <laughs> he's looking you know, at the, you like oh, maybe first time in a foreign country. So I think it was just. Too much raw emotion, yeah. and he just hit uh, a peak, and so to, you know to use this as like as a, right. as a segue back into responsible conversation. Oh yes, you know, please. Like this is what we're all about. So I was out at uh, World Beer Cup. Yeah, I was a World Beer Cup judge, and one of my table captains was Keith Villa, who launched Blue Moon. Mm-hmm. And I said, so, "Yo," and I've known Keith over the years. Like, so what are you what are you doing, man? He's like, "So I retired, and the next day I launched a marijuana beer business." <laughs> I said, "What?" And so. Like everyone like dumps on Blue Moon, but yeah. Keith knows his stuff. I mean, he's a oh, really yeah. smart guy. He understands the business, and, and the very next day he retires from. It might not have been the very next day, but he op- he he starts this 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 business, and he says we found a way to infuse beer with 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 marijuana, and I, I believe it's no alcohol. But it was very compelling. I've heard about this, like okay. you know, like years ago. I've been to breweries that have been infusing their beer. 
with marijuana and you right. just drink it and you pass out after one pint. So Sounds he said, good. you know, we, we found this, we developed these techniques for infusing uh, uh, beer with THC mm-hmm. and it's great. We've got like a Pilsner with like two milligrams and we've got a Pele with four and we got like an Imperial with like 12. And it was very, it was very <laughs> fascinating. I mean, they, they, but it's, it's not an alcohol and apparently it tastes like beer. So it's almost like, sorry, I'm going to cut yeah. you off, but it's, it's almost like the, they're using the THE to replace the alcohol. Yeah. So you drink a beer and you get buzzed, but you don't uh, really get buzzed. You get high. Yeah. So, but it, he, he articulated this so well. He said, you know, when, when you, when Better you drink than me? alcohol, <laughs> we, we, you know, Better than them Johns said, um, when you drink beer, you get drunk and it's yeah. a different, you know, you get drunk and yeah. does wild things to different people. Yes. But with this, the beer he created, he says, it's a sensation. It like seeps into you. So it's, it's like alcohol goes to your head. I get mm-hmm. it. Yeah, you feel it in your body. But when you, he says, when you drink this, it's like we've developed it in a way where it's like a, a bodily sensation. Okay. I was like, that sounds awesome. That you know, sounds like different. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, sounds like what Masahiro needs right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But you know, is that this the cool. future of beer or not? I don't know. It's, it's. I, yeah, I don't know. That's hard to. It's smarter a, people than me have tried to figure that one out, man. I don't know. I know there's a lot of there's a lot of breweries getting into that shit. I think Miller Coors has a has a thing going on too. Yeah, uh, made a big investment in a Canadian company. Yeah, um, you know, it's happening. It's it's going to happen a lot. Whether you want it to be or not. Yeah. yeah, that's craziness, man. That's really weird. Um, should we take a break, Tasty? I think we should take a break. It's yeah, been yeah, a while, huh? Yeah, yeah. I think we should. Yeah. All right. Come back and do a wrap-up. We'll do a wrap-up. Beer news, maybe. Yeah. I have a little yeah. beer news, which All I right. think these guys can help us talk about. Yeah. I do want to talk a little bit about beer I, laws in Japan, too, and kind of how that's all changing. I, I, and You know, I'd love to talk a little bit more about World Beer Cup. Okay. Um, That'd that be was cool. a fascinating experience as a, a judge. I've been doing it, you know, for, for years, but, you know, I... That'd be dope. I always... I've always... I, I hated doing, um... Home brewing judging because the sheets I don't I don't want to write I just want to tell you like in a circle yes or no or whatever but I, I hate like the long form uh, to style well it isn't really to style and this is what I, I don't I want to do that so I feel like professional judging it's part would be of it. much I mean, better it's a, it's a very important part of it actually, you know because <laughs> like like the like paragraphs you're not writing paragraphs right um, or it's, it's just like, like so this was the first digital year. See, this is what yeah. I'm like on the cusp now of millennial. Really My millennials <laughs> rising, so I could I think I could do that. Right? Limited digital. Uh, so they had an app for this. They, you, everyone was welcome to bring their their iPads and their their phones and everything, and, and we did uh, judging on our iPads actually. Okay. It used to be disallowed. If you pulled it up, yeah. you were thrown out of the judging. Right. Yeah. Now, right. now it's like part of this tool. Huh? So well, I could do that. I could do that. Here, let me... Uh, oh, dude, I didn't even load the stupid break. That's how... So we're going to drink some sake during the break. <laughs> sake bomb all, sake all the way. Uh, here's a live read for our friend here. Nishamini Creek Brewing has been on the Philly beer map scene since 2012. Just recently took home a bunch of Johns, including their fourth <laughs> Philly Beer Scene Magazine Award for Brewery of the Year, 2014 to 2017. And their third award for Brewery of the Year. Two-time GABF Vienna-style lager medal winner for 13 and 16. Uh, also, they won a bronze for their smoked lager in 2016 as well. They have a large, expanded, and recently renovated tap room with 24 Johns on John, 18 of which are rotating in seasonal limited Johns. A variety of beer styles from hoppy double Johns to sessionable and poundable Johns to oak fermented Saisons and sour Johns. Free brewery tours on Johns. Check out Chamonix Creek Brewing. John. 
All right, we're gonna <laughs> so we're, good. We're, we're, we're gonna come back. Uh, apologies to Jeremy, but I'm sure he's laughing about it too. Uh, we're gonna be right back. We're gonna do a little beer news and drink a little more sake, and uh, I don't know. See what else happens. It's the session. We'll be right back. Listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and freshest ingredients and the best customer service in the business. Check out their brand new patent-pending mash and boil 110-volt electric mashing and boiling unit. This compact all-stainless unit lets you mash, sparge, and boil just about anywhere that has a 110-volt plug. Double-wall construction adds to efficiency and safety, and a precise thermostat keeps temperatures where you want them. Unlike insulated buckets and converted coolers, multiple temperature rest mashing is easy to do all for under 300 bucks they also feature the mark ii work pump a magnetic drive high temperature pump that does the work of pumps that cost twice as much as well as exclusive brewer's edge regulators and quality keg king kegs and disconnects check them out today at williamsbrewing.com to bruise their vast selection Hey, my brewing brothers and sisters, this is Jamel Zanisha, and I want to tell you about Heretic Evil Twin. You might be familiar with my homebrew recipe, which uses massive late hopping to create a balance between the malty sweet and the hoppy bitter, along with an outrageous malt and hop character. I wanted a beer with the same bold hop and malt character, so we played around with the homebrew recipe until we are able to make a great commercial version, too. We've created a beer rich in malt character, full of caramel, toast, biscuit, and an ever-so-subtle roast note. On top of that, we piled in an insane amount of citra and Columbus hops at the end of the boil, as well as in dry hopping. This damn-the-cost approach to hopping gives Heretic's Evil Twin a great blast of citrus and tropical fruit that can't be matched by any other hop. The result is a bold, malty, hoppy, but easy-drinking beer. This is our top seller, our flagship beer, and I couldn't be prouder of it. Cheers. To find Heretic Beers near you, click on Find Some at hereticbrewing.com. Casters are back. It ain't 401 beer. Whatever. All right, thanks for sticking around, everybody. We're going to get back to beer drinking here in just a second, but oh, I haven't stopped. I do want to let you guys know the Branding Brews podcast is a deep inside look at everything that revolves around branding and marketing a brewery. Branding Brews interviews industry professionals covering in depth strategies, excuse me, and topics like labels, packaging, websites, social media content, trademark, marketing, plus much more. Whether you're in sales and marketing, you own a brewery, or you're looking to start a brewery, Branding Brews is a podcast for you. Go to brandingbrews.com or subscribe to the show wherever you like to get your podcast. And I will say, there's so many... Social media for breweries is terrible. It's terrible. People want to know your story. People want to know about you. They don't want to know what your menu specials are for the day. Sorry. That's just my view on it. Gareth, what's your social media strategy? I don't know. Let's uh, put, put up menus, special pictures, and uh, no. <laughs> well, yeah, I try to keep it 
keep a balance between like what we're brewing, what we're doing on a day to day basis. Uh, That's what people want to know. Yeah, when we're out what on are you the doing f- right now. Yeah, when we're out on the farm, we take pictures of us out on the farm and stuff like that. And so, so you got a farm too. Yeah, yeah. So uh, what are you doing? I don't know. It just seemed like such another good idea. And so uh, <laughs> so <laughs> it was, you couldn't do it. Huh? Yeah. Well, it's actually, <laughs> actually, <laughs> tasty. Someone. So what we do is. Uh, the, uh, we're getting rid of the spent grain, right? And um, it costs money to get rid of it and lost a lot of money. And so um, I was like, you know what? I bet. And we, what we did at first is we were to my, I have a pretty big yard. And we were dumping it in the back corner of my, yeah. <laughs> my yard. But the rest started like that. And, well, my, my wife wasn't a big fan. But what I noticed is, like, the grass would, you know, grow three inches. But then the circumference of the spent grain was growing, like, 12 inches. And I was oh, like, geez. well, this has to have some nutrients oh, and yeah, stuff sure. in it. And so I... We found a good deal on a about an acre about an acre sized plot of land, and uh, none of us have ever farmed. And well, why was, would you? Yeah, and I was like, <laughs> and I was like, you know what? We're going to put this spent grain down as fertilizer, and we're going to grow crops for our tap room. Mm-hmm. And you know, we're going to pr- try to as much as we can grow what we can. And everyone was like, that spent grain's not going to do anything. You guys can't farm. You've never farmed. And I was like, ah, all right then, there it is. <laughs> Beezy Farms blast away. <laughs> and uh, this is our second year doing it. And we last year. Just swing, shooting from the hip, and we had more crops than we knew what to do with. Like we, we couldn't give away all the stuff we couldn't use. We were trying to pickle stuff. We were just trying to do what we could, and we don't use any fertilizer. It's all organic. I mean, we're not certified or whatever because I don't well, want to pay for it. But we don't, no chemicals, right. no fertilizers. We just throw spent grain down and seeds in the dirt and have a pretty operational farm. And so should make it like dope. a community farm where you just like supply the place and I, I've, people yeah. can like mark off like you know. Ten square feet or whatever. Hey, I've got this. I've got this spent grain for you as a grow. No, you grow got- whatever you want to grow. Yeah, just fire away at it. A lot it. of like, value is the backstory. I think that's pretty crazy. You don't have to process it or anything. You just kind of no, throw it, it out there. It hadn't been used for like ten years, and everyone told us you know, we had to, I guess, sterilize the dirt and then do this and that. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I don't sterilize. Know. People, it. I don't know. People have been farming for thousands of years, so I without think, sterilization yeah, of the yeah, dirt, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I think we're lucky because we just supply the tap room, and so if the tomato is. Not perfectly round and this degree of red. Cut that off. Exactly. Like, yeah, or if they're, if a bird pecked away at it, just slice it off and use the rest for pizza sauce. And so, yeah, it's, yeah, it's working. It seems <laughs> to be it's, fine. It seems to be working out. Like, right. Excellent. And yeah. who did you get to do all your farming? Like, we, some guy in IT? No, we all do it. We, uh, <laughs> okay. once, once a week we go out there. Well, we gotta go pick lettuce today. Yeah, yeah. We, uh, <laughs> like, God well, damn it, I hate every lettuce. Every day we pick it. I hate lettuce picking day. It's <laughs> the worst. And so uh, it's near my house, so usually I walk the dog in the morning, and I'll go down there, and whatever is ripe, I'll pick and then take to the tap room. But, you know, once a, once a week, we all head out there for two, three hours and slam, slam it out, get it done, pick the weeds, get stuff, plant, replant seeds if they need to be planted. And then we go to a hot spring, relax, chill out, clean off, grab lunch, and then that's usually the day. Like, you yeah, know, we'll just... Call it at this, and Let's so farm it. sounds pretty good, Beth. Huh? You want to farm? You want to move to Japan and be farmers? That sounds amazing. Yeah, Doesn't it? I mean, I'm sure when I got in there and was like picking, I'd be like, oh, "This is terrible." <laughs> <laughs> it sounded so much better than what it is. Period. Like. Sounds great. Imagine being rewarded for hard work. <laughs> uh, what are we drinking right now? We have a cloudy beer, a hazy beer in our glass. So, what is this? When. Gareth and team came to San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember how we got on this conversation. You know, just new beer trends, and uh, we talked a lot about Northeast IPAs. They're big in in 
in Japan. It's funny, actually, the first time I was on the show a few years ago, uh, we, we were all joking in here, like, you know, the Northeast, like the Eastern Coast, they don't make anything good on the IPA level. Can you name one beer that they make that's good right. IPA? Because, like, West Coast IPAs were dominating. Oh, yeah. Sure enough, like a year and a half later, this <coughs> Northeast IPA trend starts. Mm-hmm. And now it's easy to name good, good beers. And so now there's well, a, a well, counter well. trend <laughs> from the... Oh, the birthday! Yeah, now there's there's a people reacting to the Northeast IPA. So, mm-hmm. Kim, head brewer at uh, Social Kitten, Kitten, yes, Social Kitten, uh, Social Kitten. Kitten, yeah, Social Kitchen. Brian's been hitting that spray, <laughs> yeah, flashing that binocular. This doesn't work. Um, <laughs> this is just, it's still not working. Where's that spray, by the way? Uh, we that? don't need that spray. Um, yeah. <laughs> Started a, this. You know, this thing called Brute IPAs, and uh, I guess it's about six months old. It's, um, could you talk it about tasting? Well, I can talk a little, little bit about yeah. it. I can add on to that. I'm yeah, it's about sure. seven months. I would say like six or seven months. It's really, it's really, really yeah. new. Yeah, it's just hitting the. A lot of people saw it on the media, on social media, and it traveled really fast. I would say within two months of him describing this, I think I saw like 32 Bay, Bay Area breweries had one on tap. It really, really took off around here. Hmm. So, brute means dry. Yeah, you know, in the, in the champagne world, so it's a dry IPA, very different than the Northeast IPAs. Uh, they use a, a what's the the chemical? An that, enzyme, right? An it's enzyme, an enzyme. Analyze, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, to, to completely ferment it out so that it's it's very dry. It takes all the long chain sugars and and clips them into little ones, which the yeast can just eat. Mm-hmm. And I, I had finished a, it zero or point oh or negative a little bit maybe sometimes. Yeah, that's crazy. And and it's and in the you know the Laughing Monk and, and Triple Voodoo huh? did a collaboration brewed IPA recently. I, I saw the went to my local bottle shop and said, well, "What is this brewed IPA thing?" And I saw that can. I took it home. It, it was really good really refreshing it wasn't just that it was dry and 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 pale and had kind of low effervescence uh but they had actually altered they'd kind of thought about how do we make a champagne like beer and they you know the 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 hops that were used in that beer were champagne like as well so there's been a lot of thought put into this how do we create a beer that's not just dry but champagne like and so far the the ones that we've had since coming here because you know they want to drink what's on the cutting edge and so we went yeah. out looking for some some brewed ipas we found them you know the, not just the laughing monk one we went over to social kitchen to get this growler that we're sharing today but that's kind of like the new direction in ipas right now at least in the san francisco bay area and it is started i don't at know what for sure i don't know what percent of any i don't see if i walked into the, to, the to my, what I call my average multi-tap, which is a, great, a good multi-tap, and they have always have a good selection of beers, I may or may not see one. Mm-hmm. So it hasn't really, like, it's it's popular probably for, uh, over like your, over your own taps, but I don't I haven't seen a lot yet out in uh, in the market. Mm. But they're they're good. I mean, it's a, it's a yeah. nice expression, a different expression of the IPA. It is definitely different. Is it growing in Japan? Is it a thing that well, it's catching on? They they heard about it and wanted to so Check word it of it has traveled to Japan. They heard about it. Sure, there, right. there are at least two other breweries that contacted me, curious about what's this brew IPA thing. Mm-hmm. And we're going to feature it in the next Japan Beer Times magazine that I produce. Yeah, just like hey, this there's this new trend. We'll see where it goes from there. Um, one thing I we, we talked about earlier, um, 
you know, it's it's a bone dry IPA. And Lester Cove over at Bear Bottle uh, a few months ago, or it might have actually been last year, did a sake beer hybrid mm-hmm. where he took sake lees from Sequoia. It's okay. a sake brewery in San Francisco, actually. They're pretty good. He took lees with the uh, the yeast, you know, still alive, and he, mm-hmm. he pitched that. And sake yeast can be very dry. Um and it, it can ferment at, at pretty high alcohol. Yeah, it has to be highly tolerant. Yeah, so, 16, 18, 20 you know, percent. This, yeah. this fermented completely out, bone dry. Mm-hmm. Those are the words of you know, Wester. Like, it's bone dry. And right. it's called half samurai. It's a great. You know, for, <laughs> that is pretty good, yeah. For a beer. And, you know, there's there's still a lot to be done in this 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 trend of brewed IPAs. I think using sake yeast in a, in a brewed IPA could work out very well. Yeah, for sure. With you know, oh, yeah. if you want a, a bone dry IPA and you use a sake that yeah, sake yeast that ferments out and creates a bone dry beer, man. Well, especially with together. some of those floral notes like um, like this sake mm-hmm. here, that would be great. And he's that like, weird, that. like wild horse sake too. So there's a lot of experimentation. Um, that's a, that's exciting. That's you know that that could happen in this, yeah. this sub trend. What do you think, Gareth? Are you going to brew some of this? Yeah, I'm going to. You make Masahiro do it. I'm Masahiro. It is. We're no more uh, New England IPAs. It's brewed IPAs all day. <laughs> well, I've been uh, the sake brewery. They're really, really great guys. He's he's was so excited when I opened, and uh, for our one year anniversary, I went to their place and brewed. Uh, we brewed sake together, and I and I remember asking like, "You ever? Do you mind if I ever just come over with a bucket and you know?" snag some of the yeast off you and he's like yeah yeah like you know so there's infinite possibilities for me to work with sake yeast and with the sake brewery and so you know it's it's a wide open wide open palate and the first so, beer you do it's got to be called give me them johns give me them john the japan john i'll call it jj jj ipa <laughs> get some of these japan johns uh yeah this is it's an interesting style for me i think it smells great I, i'm not super i'm not super into it um Why? I I don't I don't know. You know, it's got a uh, it's kind of thin a, a little lemon character a lot, a lot, a, in the in the because it's sort of like you know uh, well, it's so I, dried out. I can see that these being fruited yeah. and, and, mm. and with small amounts of fruit to be mm. represented. You you actually I think out in your fridge out. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's probably you know, there's some laugh that, that laughing monk triple voodoo can. I think you got it, you guys got it out there. I mean. Yeah, I'll, I'll treat you guys. <laughs> I got I got a wallet and a credit card. Uh-oh, Let me get you guys you that beer. I mean, let's let's taste some different brewed no, IPAs. Uh, no, let's not do that. On yeah, the I, don't never, I don't. I don't necessarily know if I want to do that. Do you want to do that? Not nah, really. Yeah. <laughs> it's really good. We'd have to we have to stop and you have to get up and we're, yeah. where are you going? We're going to do a new time. We're wrapping up. Now. We can do some beer news while you're going to get that or something. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just I mean IPAs in general to me. I don't really. I'm not really into. Um, but, you know, if you guys want to have a taste around, I mean, well, we've already been going for a little bit. I don't know. I don't care. Whatever you want to do. You guys are the guests. If you want to do that, do it. I'll yeah, sit I mean, here we can talk some. about that all yeah. the time. Let's talk about Japan. You know, we got – so Gareth, you know, as, as I said, um, when we originally in, invited him, I said, hey, you guys yeah. gotta, ought to have Gareth on the show. Said, yeah, let's invite him. And Gareth said, if I'm going to be on the show, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fly over there. You I'm have not going to do this. Oh, right. Right. Yes. Right. So not only did Gareth fly over here, he brought two of his staff. That's pretty cool. Um, so I mean, we, we've got him here. I mean, they, they, you know, originally it was like, yeah, they'll Skype you in. I was like, nah. 
that's nah, <laughs> nope. I didn't, it didn't even cross my mind. I was like, nah, heading out. So and then I was like, going to America, be on the radio. You guys want to come? And they were like, yeah. yeah. And I was like, train's leaving. Here we go. Let's. So your first time in California, as you said. Yep. I mean, give us some of your impressions. That's, you come here. And, what do you think of the beer scene out here? Oh, it's amazing. It's just it's like traveling forward in time. Are you getting yeah. ideas? Are you getting? Are you going to come? Are you going to come back? And you and Masahiro going to? Well, I mean, it's, some, some yeah, there's, there's so many so many beers I've tried, so many good good beers I've tried, and uh, I ran into so many good people. I talked with um, Barry and John, the head brewer at Fieldworks, yeah. and, I, and I talked with them, and and uh, yeah, it's just, and you know, Kim was, he was awesome. He's yeah, just like, at, uh, social kitchen. you know, yeah. what, what yeah. do you want to know? People have been very oh, generous yeah. with their knowledge. Since okay. okay. And so, uh, and it's cool, and I guess it's all, it's new for me. As it is for them, yeah. And like, oh, sure. I kind of get this whole the Bay Area, quote unquote, thing. I was like, this is a pretty cool place to live. Like, it's nothing like where I grew up in in the states or where I lived in Florida, New Mexico. So it's not bad. I I, I read a thing where the uh, in, in Contra Costa County, where we are, you're considered um, low income if you, as a family of four, make eighty nine thousand dollars. Yep, that's pretty good living. In yeah. San Francisco, <laughs> you're considered low income if you, a family of four, make one hundred and seventeen thousand dollars. It's, I was like, so it's it's very expensive to live out here for sure, but we do have a cool a cool beer scene and a great food scene. And it's, it's a shame you guys have to leave um, and, and, so quickly, and go home, yeah. so, or at least go to Seattle so soon. That's that's too bad, but because uh, there's a lot there's a lot to do. You can't do it all in, in no, uh, yeah. two days. But uh, you've hit we did the a lot. spots. You've hit we, the good. We got some off of the, the good plane. spots. Yeah, we got off the plane just charging forward. And uh, but I don't think this will any excuse I can make to bring. My staff here are check stuff out. I mean, it's they've never really left the city they're in, and so now it just changes their oh perspective. Yeah. Like you know, they'll go back there. I think even if they didn't learn anything from beer here necessarily, they'll they'll come back with a different mindset and like, oh, you know, the world's bigger than what what we actually know, kind of thing. They're gonna so, fly out to like uh, the middle of Alaska and open a brewery now. Yeah. Just to be like, well, <laughs> they're all gonna leave me. I'm gonna, <laughs> gonna leave you, dude. They're gonna, standing there on my farm alone. You know, what I'll never leave you is the vault for home brewers. Which is White Lab's collection of specialty one-of-kind strains where you're able to pre-order and decide which strains are released to home brewers. White Labs has added 20 new specialty strains into the vault right now with other strains to be added throughout the year. All you have to do is visit whitelabs.com slash the vault and place a pre-order on the strain you'd like to use. Once it reaches 150 orders, White Labs will release the yeast and ship it directly to your doorstep. If you want access to any vault strains as a professional brewer, you can place a minimum order of one and a half liters through the yeastman.com site, and you'll get access to their unique specialty strains as well. Big thank you to whitelabs.com. Before the show started, Gareth, we were talking about just Japan and and, and beer law and what the definition of of beer is. And I thought that was really interesting, if you want to speak on that a little bit, about what is is beer, what is craft beer? Is it the same kind of argument we're having here in the States, whereas independent versus craft versus just general beer? What's going on over there? So uh, you got the battles going on here in America, but the good thing is is that you have the Brewers Association, which actually fights the battle instead of just letting the man walk all over it. Whereas over in Japan... So uh, my my take on things is you used to have to brew an insane amount of of quote unquote beer to open a brewery like it's like opening a bank almost okay. and then they they changed the laws and they created this thing and it's called haposhu and what it is is beer is made by the German purity law so it's you know malt hops water yeast and then haposhu is when you make beer with anything else in it so you know if if you think about that the majority of craft beer in America would be 
under it wouldn't be considered <laughs> beer, right? Like dogfish yeah. head, they don't make beer no. according to Japan, right? So, and so that, but you only had to do a minimum, a very small minimum, and you could open it up. And I think at that time, the big beer companies thought, like, you know, we'll let the little kids have their fun, but it'll never take off. And sure. it, and it, it kind of did, but then it didn't. And now craft beer comes around, and it's a very different animal, and it's just taking Japan by force. And so they recently changed the laws to where you can brew beer with certain ingredients those and the specific ingredients. And surprisingly mm-hmm. enough, they fall directly into the big beer companies that make quasi-craft beer. Yeah, exactly. So, like, there's a thing called, what is it, Bonito Flakes that the Japanese uses. And there's a beer made with that. Only by, I don't think any regular craft beer users, <laughs> but it's made by the big company. Okay. And so in the new laws, it's like, you can use... Bonito. It's like, well, how specific can you be? <laughs> like, like, you know, you, you, it's not like adjuncts or this or that. And, it's and like then, saying, if you want to put an orange slice on your wit beer, we'll give you a tax break. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing is that the, with the laws that they change, big beer gets a tax break and small beer didn't get it. But in order for big beer to be able to get that tax break, they had to have the laws changed to be able to put the Bonita flakes in there. And and so that, that happened and then the laws changed where if you want to make quote-unquote craft beer, you have to – Add twenty percent to your fermentable bill of something that's not malt. So if I wanted to make a West Coast IPA, I'd have to put if I use hundred kilograms of malt, I'd have to put twenty kilograms of something X Y Z. Not malt. No, not malt. Rice or bonito flakes or, or whatever. Yep. Yeah, Fruit or something. Something to anything. call it be, to call you know, it craft beer. No, to, to call whatever, it you know to call it haposhu, which is not technically beer, but it is. Okay. And so they did a yeah they did a really good job of. Uh, Wrapping it up, like they're like, no, nope, can't have any more of this. So, so like, <laughs> the, 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 I think one of the the important points of that is to get a, a beer brewing license. You have to um, prove that you can brew sixty kiloliters a year, and the Haposhi license was six kiloliters a year. So, um, it, you know, it's not a lot of, of beer. So, if you're okay. in a small brew pub, you're like, oh, I'm going for the Haposhi license, and the government's now made it difficult to make a hot shoe beer, meaning that it's going to stunt the growth of small brew pubs because very effectively well, that's what's eaten away the market share of the big craft so the big the, breweries. So if you want to open a brewery, you have to brew more. You have to intend on brewing more yeah, per year I in mean, order to be yeah, a craft brewer it's license. Like if I'm going to open up a brewery, I'm going to get the beer license because yeah. I'm not going to brew like beers with twenty percent of whatever like. But you have to you have to brew sixty kiloliters, and that's a lot. You have to you can't, no you can't do a brew pub. I mean, they exactly yeah. brought the hammer down on brew pubs. What's like what, how many? What's sixty kiloliters? In six, six, 60 hectoliters, so yeah. 60,000 liters, so times so, that imperial. So, uh, out of six <laughs> kiloliters a year, that's 6,000 liters a year divided by 12. That's 500 liters a month. And if you think about a, a 10, a, a 20 liter keg, which is a six till, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so, what was the gross number? 60K? So, 500 liters a month. No, what was right. the total requirement to, to, for the minimum? Six. Or six for no, to, to, to be a brewery. Sixty. Six. Sixty. Sixty. Thousand. If you want to do yeah, beer. Sixty thousand yes. liters. Sixty thousand hectoliters. Yeah. Okay. So to it used to be like you just had to do six. So that's five hundred liters of beer a month. Okay. Um, five hundred liters. That's, that's a, lot not a lot. I mean, well, I mean, like for like a brew pub. So five hundred well, liters. Right. Twenty liter kegs of six. 
stool. Is that about? Is that right? Mm. Yeah, twenty liters. So if you so if you don't want to be the hippo shoe, right? Yeah. So, okay. Uh, you want to be a craft brewer. You, you you can't. I mean, you yeah. can't effectively, right? You have to yeah. sell beer and distribute. Yeah. Or if you're if you want to be a brew pub, you're going to have to make right. these beers with 20 percent, like, whatever the exact of, number of is, junk, something right. of thing that of is John's. You just got to put John's. a bunch of John's. <laughs> and, and, and hops don't, <laughs> don't no, 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 qualify no, no, no. that. Nope, nope. It's got to no, be no, that's a normal ingredient. And yeah. you're fermentable. Outside the four. I have a question. I don't know if you know the answer. So that's stupid. What if, mm. like, you wanted to make your grain bill twenty percent rye? Does that count? Nope, because it's, nope. so, it's a multi. It's a multi. They essentially shut down brew, brew pubs. Now right. that was an obvious intentional, I assume that they. Uh, I mean, and, 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 it has and to be right. They, they saw the threat that they saw. They it. Looked, I mean, they they look in the U.S. like crap. Oh yeah, is a oh big yeah. Problem. He for macro. understood that threat. Your macro, they can see. Well. We're gonna nip this shit in the butt. Exactly, and Basically. what I what I think is the a hard point for. The big Japanese breweries is that when you think of some of the other – when you think of big beer, they're not domesticated. And But like Asahi and Kirin, it, they, their only market is really – like they're not owned by a bigger company. They, they're it in Japan. So if they start to lose that market, then oh, yeah. they're just yeah. – they're Where done. Are gonna like they're, like what are they going to go? What do they do? Yeah, we're stuck here. They're, they're going to start exporting Asahi Super Dry to here. No, like so <laughs> they're like, we, we can't have this. Like we're all going to go. And they, good job to them. Is they, there uh, a movement uh, moving or, or forming or whatever to, to change that? Or is there some <laughs> equivalent of the BA? That, no, there's not. Uh, they, and they shut, they shut it down. Because yeah. Okay. So pe- are you boned? Is, is no, it so the people that had licenses, we we make out. Oh, Because yeah. we were before this new okay. really? grandfather. And in. so... Like, I would love to pick up the shield and sword and be like, you guys, but then, you know, what happens if they came down on me or something? And then it's like, well, so it's just this really awkward thing where, like, you want to say something, but you can't say something. Mm -hmm. But even if I do say something, is this white guy that living in the mountains of Amori like, you guys fucked up the beer laws. Like, like, all right, will you stop yelling so loud? Like, Step on that guy. Yeah, like, First just, of all, what are, you, what are you saying? Yeah, like we can't understand your Japanese anyway. <laughs> and so, You're not really from Japan. Uh, so it's it's just they, 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 they swooped in and like before you even knew what was happening, I was reading these laws and I was like, wow, well done. I was like, well, <laughs> well touche. I was like, you did it. You crop brewers accounted for 1% of, of market share. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Uh, but Kirin and Kirin actually, you know, they're they're savvy. Yeah, they they saw what was going on in America. Oh, don't let them become twelve percent. Yeah, yeah, nope, no, <laughs> no sir, don't let it become one point five percent. I mean, Kirin, they're not evil. I mean, they, but they saw what was going on. They opened up their own sure craft brewery or like microbrewery. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, who knows who was lobbying the government? It, it, there's, there's four big players. They got the money. Um, yeah, yep. it might not. It might not have been them. It might have been the tax department themselves. This is. Oh, I can't. We don't we want can't be to like go check these shit. guys. Look at their freaking California. Is anyone new one open like, every gosh, house? If we gotta every go around and like check all these breweries, nah, man. Let's oh. shut this down. I'm this is, a, this is exhausting. I am working here. I can't be. This is not what I signed on for when I got a government job. Right. Uh, we gotta. So, if you want to open an, a satellite brewery somewhere. Could you do that under your existing I license? I can't because I would have to get a new license. You have to get a new license okay. for my new facility. So if unless I wanted to go up and make a huge production facility, which I have no interest in, that wouldn't be a problem because I could get the shady beer license or whatever. But yeah. if I wanted to open up a small brew pub in another city, nope, I'd have to make it a Belgian brew pub and use twenty percent, you know, some sugars. type of yeah sugars or something mm. that's not. 
under the falls under their law, I'd have to make all fruited or fruited just beers. Go or, for it with the beer license. In which case, you need a lot. The, the, what about malt extract? No, it's not it's, malted grain. No, I it's, it's, <laughs> I tried CO2? What about CO two? You yeah. pump it with CO two. <laughs> yeah. The tax office. Some of those guys are sorry. Yeah, I'm not the only one to think of this. No, it's they, too bad. they are. They're like I no. That was a genius, If it worked out like that, be I wish. I hope someone can come up with something to continue not. Water. Happening? What's happening? Yeah, you know, water. Like that's well, part that's of the bill. Dry hop with some air. I get. I think if I, air I guess hopped. if I open up another brew pub, I'll just make lactose everything. And oh wait, no, I think that doesn't count. So maybe really? I can't. Yeah, Jesus, like dude. Oh, sugar counts, though, right? You can add sugar. You. So uh, the way I got my license is I added sugar, but it's not sugar. It's like um, it's like a sugar that they use in production facilities for making candies or whatever. And so it's like four types of sugar. It's like maltose, glucose, sucrose, or something like that. So that that was okay because it it had an, over an amount of sugars. But if I just added table sugar to it, that wouldn't count. Oh, don't don't think about it, Tasty. It's gonna it's gonna it's gonna put <laughs> you under. Brain. It's gonna. It's this gonna is what, so this is what I did for a year. This is what I just sit there like. <laughs> So I can put four kinds of sugar, but I can't put one. What? Absolutely. Yeah. Did you did you listen to what you just said to me? Absolutely. <laughs> like, yeah. like so. Yeah, it's just it's a wow. joke. It's a circus. Crazy. Yeah. Wow. Well, it's like you're from another world. It's <laughs> like, aliens have landed here. I feel like another universe. I didn't imagine. It I feel like it's not a real law, but they just told the American that it is, so he shut up. They're like, <laughs> you're still coming back. All right, actually, you can put that in your beer. Like, what? <laughs> a year ago, I asked you if I could do that. Like, yeah, we just didn't want it's you to keep fine. coming back. <laughs> Speaking of popular things, did you know that IPAs are the most popular craft beer style in the U.S.? If you're, <laughs> right. Yeah, guys. Thank God. If you're, if you're looking to brew an IPA that's not like all the rest, check out Dick Cantwell's newest book, Brewing Eclectic IPA, Pushing the Boundaries of India Pale Ale. Award-winning brewer Cantwell includes 25 original IPA recipes and categorizes over 200 unique ingredients. See? There you go, Gareth. You should uh, take the book back, there you translate go. it, set uh, everyone free. Twenty percent of you. To spice up your IP from papaya to peppercorn, beets to bog myrtle, even cannabis, there are recipes for all levels of brewing experience. Order your copy of Brewing Eclectic IPA today, wherever books are sold, or on brewerspublication.com. Dude, let's order it. Yep, there it is. <laughs> you know, I was racking my brain about what uh, no. Kim Sturdivant's uh, right? social kitchen, what he calls his, his, this beer, and it's Brewed IPA. He's the only one that, like, you know, everybody else has to go, like, you know, some other name, Brewed IPA, but he, like, it's his style. Yeah, yeah. so that's he it's owns his, it. he owns it good. Pretty cool. But he's been, you know, pretty open with. Oh, my God, yeah. He's been the coolest I went, guy. I, went, I, went, I went, traveled to Europe, to, and I just going to do a collaboration beer there. And my friend there, uh, Jan, uh, said, hey, let's just, let's just make one of those, you know, brewed IPAs. I go like, okay, sure. <laughs> I know a guy. And so I say, hey, Kim, here's my friend. You know, I introduced him. And, and Kim comes right out with this big sheet of like, here's how you do it. Here's the, yeah. here's the links to the products you need. Here's two sources. No, oh, wow. yeah, He was just like right out there helping. No, yeah. When I, when we showed up today, he was like, yep, this, 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 this. But I've been doing this and this works better. And oh, yeah. it's just like, yeah. <laughs> I just got all the, his hard work. It just He just gave it to me. And yeah. like, he's like, still what? processing yeah, it. Yeah. It's like, oh, what's, thank you, man. That's good on him, man. That's He's, he's not holding it away, trying to, he just wants everyone to make, make good beer. So that is cool. So we were, you know. Excuse me. Jeez. Jeez. <laughs> And we were talking very earlier gassy. about like awesome, awesome stuff. Yeah. Um, 
you know, brewed IPAs and other kind of new changing things in, in the beer world. And mm-hmm. I was mentioning earlier, I was the World Beer Cup judge. Yeah. Um, and that was really interesting because when I... When you volunteer, well, when you're, you're a World Beer Cup judge, you get yeah, to... Yeah, there wants to be selected to do it. Um, you volunteer, but you got to be yeah, admitted. You, know, um, you also have to say like, what, what categories you want to judge. Oh, sure. And everyone wants to do, like, IPAs and all these really? things. But I kind of want to see, like, the weird things that are being done. So like, yeah. there's a specialty <laughs> beer category. There's a historical beer category. So you gotta you got to shoot for those. And... It was really interesting being in the historical beer category because there's, you know, with everyone charging ahead with IPAs and all these other kinds of things, there's also breweries that are saying, well, let's look in our country and see what was brewed 10, 20, 50, 100 years ago. Yeah. And so that was what the historical <clears throat> historical beer category was. It was, it was a lot of, of, of people kind of looking back through their culture and... And by the way, a lot of the, the entries are from Europe, so you're yeah, talking so, about Europeans. So that was what it went was back so into their history. That fascinating. Had their you know, we had a judged. colonial beer, you know, colonial meaning um, southeast of, of America, you know, Jamestown, some mm-hmm. stuff like, well, what were people when the, you know, the, the, the pilgrims and whatnot were coming? What were they brewing with? And you, you drink these things. Like, that's just fascinating. It's like, you know, Gruet, everyone knows about Gruet. This yeah. is the. The beer that doesn't use hop, it, it hops, it uses pre-hops ingredients. We, and there, but what people don't think about is that beer was being produced, you know, in, in cultures all over the world. What, what we consider beer by the brewing method, and and now all these countries are coming forward with these beers that were brewed historically before modern times, and it was fascinating. Mm. Drinking like like a, a Finnish farmhouse ale is wild. <laughs> That's a trip. And it, it's like I don't even know if it was good or not. And, that, and you get to that <laughs> round, and all the judges are like, I, "You can't go to the bottle shop, pick up a bottle, and you can compare it." You know, but no, how do you get to know? There's no probably not even a written description. Yeah, but it was but, like I mean, it, was, it came down to taste, and there were some judges like, "This is the greatest expression of like what? the Lithuanian porter style, <laughs> blah blah blah." And it's like, I know, but it, you don't even like, <laughs> if you, unless you've been there and tasted them all. And you it was, know. it was. A, if it tastes like something that's made today, it's probably not authentic. Like, how do you mm-hmm. judge something like that? And this was the whole thing. We were sitting around the table, and like even the Brewers Association, they they had to like call in the commanders, like they're <laughs> having they're having a controversy at this table. Like people are disagreeing. Like it's what exciting. Do we do? And but we were all kind of like, how do you judge like yeah, these beers yeah, yeah. against each yeah. other? And it came down to taste. There yeah. was like some beer that they, there were two brewers at the table. Like this is the best beer. It's a great expression of this historical style. And and I and a, another brewer were like, it tastes like 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 band aids dipped in formaldehyde. It's really? gross. That much a difference. So what but, do they like about it? Well, I don't know, but they, they understood that historical style, and they said this is a perfect expression oh, of that see. style. So, uh, they but knew the it, style. It, it could be somebody saying this is a perfect expression of brute IPA, but there could be somebody like you know in in Finland. This is like this is disgusting. It tastes like my my father's like you know socks. Right. Mm. So it's a weird thing. About That's a beer, challenge, you know? man. That's a challenge. Well, I mean, I think we're going to just get more like more uh you know competitive at the judging table maybe as beer kind of expands i think beer sometimes gets tired of itself 
Yeah. And then that's when it kind of folds over and looks looks for something else but to resurrect, exactly. right? And then it can't be quality judging. The World Cup's great. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but aren't three quarters of the judges from outside the U.S.? Yes, yes. It's most it's mostly from outside the U.S. So that's what's fascinating too about the your judging table. You've got people from all over the world yeah. judging and 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 different palettes, uh, and it's the beer knowledge is incredible yeah. at, at a table, and. You know, you you drink these beers and you hear this knowledge, and that it, to me, like that's what I love about the World Beer Cup, is that this is beer culture. This is how it should be. Like people going out of different backgrounds, drinking and talking about these beers, and absolutely, it's just it's just absolutely fascinating. Yeah, kind of beer. No, it sounds it sounds like a trip. It sounds like better than uh, judging homebrew for sure. No, it definitely. Is. <laughs> uh, that segment uh, was brought to you by CraftBeer.com, whose mission is to tell the stories behind America's small and independent breweries and the cities and businesses that support them. It's a community full of passion, authenticity, creativity, and camaraderie. Explore the world of American craft beer at craftbeer.com. All right, you want to do a, just a couple things that are happening in the news, Tasty? You guys up for it? I mean, yeah, yeah. what's right, happening right, right. in the news? Just I mean, a couple. No, I mean, aluminum tariffs. Roll the theme. We're out of here. <laughs> <like that. laughs> a couple, on? two, three tings. Let's uh, do it. Of course, beersmith.com. You get your 21 day free trial at beersmith.com. It's the best software in the world for really anything, but probably more for brewing than, than <laughs> anything else. But uh, check it out beersmith.com. 21 days, blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> Uh, oh, no, continue to accept all. So this is uh, big news, at least for me. I don't know why. Uh, Beavertown. Remember Beavertown, Brewer, sure. the Logan oh, plant yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, over in the U.K.? Nice dude. Good super guy. nice guy. Yep. Great Dun-dun. interview. Dun-dun. Bev loves him. Bev is very so much in love with kid. Logan. Uh, they uh, Let's see. Do, 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 do. Where is the stupid thing? Uh, they sold a stake in their business for 40 million pounds. Which is fifty two point four four million dollars to Heineken. The money, Heineken. The money will be used to build a, a new brewery and a visitor a visitor site called Beaver World. <laughs> which is mainly why I wanted to yes. read the story so I could say no. Beaver World and, so and listen, be like wait, a that's legitimate Robert business. Plant's son. That's Robert <laughs> right? Plant's son. That's right. I was, I was thinking like, well, that's a lot of money in these guys. Brewery, blah, blah, blah. And then Robert then he said Beavertown. I go like, oh, it's like freaking Disney. Must, must we yeah. explain yeah, Robert so like, Plant? Yeah, it's, a, it's like an amusement park or something. Robert Plant. You know? Robert Plant. Uh, the brewery plans to follow in the steps of London's Brixton Brewery and BrewDog in selling out its independence to meet the demands of a larger market. I know BrewDog was like, it went in some venture capitalist or something like that, but I don't think they're... I don't know. Um, <laughs> they handle it for money or something. Don't they, yeah, don't they do crowdfunding? Yeah, crowdfunding. Yeah. Yeah, they yeah, yeah. But I think it's like eight or ten percent of their owner. I don't think it's really. I don't know. I think it's more just for advertising. But yes. I don't know. Brewdog and Stone are like even for oh. breweries built on marketing. In my mind, well. they don't really have any <clears throat> substance. Uh, Mr. Plant confirms <laughs> that Beavertown will build <laughs> a new shots fired <laughs> four hundred and fifty thousand hectoliter facility in oh. London that will increase its brewing capacity tenfold and create up to 150 new jobs. Um, Robert, or Robert, whatever. Uh, they said, uh, we love to, uh, we love, no, I'm sorry, this is Heineken. They, we love what they're doing and they're excited to be able to help them more. Uh, not everyone in the beer community, of course, is as happy. There's a lot of people uh, upset because social media, that's what happens. But there's apparently there's a few pubs who are not selling Beavertown beer anymore. Hmm. It's it's pretty good beer though. So. It's good beer, and that's kind of the disappointing part, and that's why people are, are upset about it. it, it they're not it, saying how much stake 
Heineken actually bought, which I think I makes it forty percent. I think makes it worse. No, no, no. it's un. It's, well, it, it says that uh, him, uh, Logan, and his wife are still the majority owner. Yeah, whatever. Right, right, right. But you know, the craft beer. We're going by the craft beer, the twenty five percent, right? Oh yeah, yeah. So I don't no, know. I guess. I mean, is this going to be also like what happened with Lagunitas, well, the where they buy a little bit of it, and then they come by a couple years later and pick up the rest? Lagunitas still tastes like Lagunitas, though, man. I know, I know, I know. Yeah, if well, and, then, but where do, and where do you I fall with what? that? And, and that's well, the other, number one, I wanted to say uh, Beaverland or Beaver World uh, <laughs> several times on the radio. But also, you know, this is becoming kind of the norm, and where, where, do, you, where do we fall on this? Uh. It's like craft beer people. Do you care well, or do you not yeah. care? Most people aren't going to care, but do we care? I don't know. I've been in conversations like this a lot of times, and it always, in my mind, it always ends up like, well, what's what's he supposed to do to expand? And he's supposed to like uh, call up the bank and say, I want to get you know, forty million, 40 million euro, <laughs> yeah, uh, to expand and make a, a beaver world, but. And, yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, Maybe and, you uh, change the name. Goes like, Fuck you. That's, so we can call Heineken and they go like, yeah, we're into this beer shit. Let's do it. <laughs> we're in so the What's the guy going to do? I'm going back to Japan and I'm going straight to the bank and I'm going to make a easy world. Can you lend me? And they're there just going to be like, yeah, like <laughs> just, just to see, just to test the waters to yeah. see if I can get yeah. away with it. Just and, some drawings. Yeah. So uh, this is where the roller coaster and, and, and the log slide <laughs> and uh, and this is where the guy, and these are the mascots, so can I? Use those steam baths. But I, I, I guess I just don't buy that he want he needed money for an expansion. I mean, it's still it's forty million well, pounds, 50, 50 million bucks. But like, you got that Led Zeppelin money. Your dad's got some money. You have people that well, will invest their money into your brewery. So why right. do you, you don't need to sell to Heineken for that shit? Don't give me that. I well, think that no, you're. Yeah. I think that you're kind of full of it if you're saying that no. that's the reason. Not you, but like, no, but no, Logan, no, right? no, 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 no. It doesn't. That doesn't it make sense. Through, to he me. Went, if you hey, don't, you grow, know, if you don't grow. You die, right? But that's sure. a lot of growth. A lot of the lo- a, a lot of the Euro- other European brewers are saying, "Why do you need to get so big?" I mean, they most of them are like, "We're having a great time." You know, we're making a living. You know, Why do you need to be so big? His dad's Robert Plant. You know, one of the richest musicians in the world. And he's right. a brewer, and he's in the brewery. From what I hear, brewing. I mean, good for him. You know, really? he's been doing well, the heavy lifting. No, really. Maybe it's a. I think people get. Either addicted or they get tunnel vision as to, like, you know, I, well, okay, I did this, I should do this next. I did this, I should no. do this next. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, maybe I'm just not a person of, of lofty enough goals. Oh, no, but like for but. me, like, you know, I I did it. From my eyes, I, I've done what I needed to do, like, and, and I'm enjoying doing it. But, like, I could, I can understand when someone's like, oh, well, we did this, so now... We checked all the boxes here. We need to add more check boxes, and I, maybe they just. Well, I and, and I get I get that, but I just I guess what I don't understand is why do you need to go and sell a portion of your business uh, yeah. to to the thing that your business is built to fight against? That's that's what I just never under really really understood. Maybe about it. maybe it's the only option when you get to a certain point. I, I don't know. Like I you know, know what I mean? Like there I, I have many no options. Idea. You can get like an, uh, you know investment people to want a piece of your you know company. <laughs> Yeah, you know. I don't so know how do you get the money? I don't know. You ask in you, Vegas. Yeah, That's you ask all your 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 dad's friends. I don't know. You rob your dad. I don't know. I mean, also, how much money? You're making a lot of money. You're fine. Do you need to build Beaver World? No. Well, yes. <laughs> Beth yeah, says like yes. Like you're saying, like you have goals, and you you, know, you want to be 
the biggest guy in European beer. So yeah, but let's I, do it. but I think the trade off is is not worth it. I don't know. Beaver world. Yeah. <laughs> and I yeah, it's all up to. I don't to think them, the trade off right? works. Like, it says goals. We're um, we're we're translating our like yes. you know slacker attitude. Look, he's still a handsome. <laughs> Why would you so want to be that? Nah, your whole life. Gareth World would sound. Sound pretty good. Down for that? Just statues of me, and you just walk through it. And what the hell do I buy a ticket for here? Like hit a northern Japan. Here's Gareth World. I got a ticket. What is that? You get to go to the farm. Yeah, and, go to the farm. Pick some shit. You don't get to watch. You got to help us out. It's, it's exhausting doing this with four people. So. <laughs> for sure. You know what else is going to be exhausting? If you go to the ninth annual Tasty's right in your backyard Clayton Barbecue Cookoff. I'm going to go to that. I think I send a. Saturday, July 14th, downtown Clayton, which is just up the road here, from 11 a.m. to 8.30 p.m. It's just pretty cool. I've been a couple times, and uh, it, it's, it's rad. They have 48 teams competing in a Kansas City Barbecue Society-sanctioned Master Series four-meat competition. That's a mouthful, just like what you can get there. Four meat comps. That's probably tasty. like brisket, ribs, chicken, and That uh, sounds pork. horrible. Absolutely right. If you're <laughs> a vegan. It really? Yeah, but other, every other person probably wants to go there. Ribs, chicken, pork, and brisket. Judging by KCBS certified barbecue judges, competitive mm. backyard, and KCBS pro teams that will compete for seven grand in prize money and trophies to the top two winners in each division. Additionally, there's a people's choice tasting where you can go around and uh, you can eat, I think it's, uh, I don't know. I want to say for free, but you can go around and you can eat uh, ribs. Yeah. And then you vote you for your, vote your favorite ribs. Yeah. Uh, winners receive middle medals, of course. People's Choice Tasting is from 1 p.m. until everybody runs out. Uh, local breweries, of course, from 11 a.m. till 8 p.m., including Epidemic Ales, Cali Craft, EJ Fair here, neighbors right there, Shadow Puppet, Working Man, Morgan Territory, St. Stan's, and North Canyon Cider, plus wine also for you non-beer drinkers. They have live music from 11 a.m. until 8.30. Uh, some rock and roll, some blues, it looks like, as well. And and, no joke, Bev, this is maybe for you more than anybody else. Come and see the world's largest potato. As the Idaho Potato Commission's Big Tater will make a rare West Coast appearance. It's fun for the whole family. Free admission. Go to Clayton B, excuse me, ClaytonCBCA.org. The uh, Clayton uh, annual barbecue cookoff. It's a cool. It's a cool thing, man, and it's local. I'm going. And, uh, I want to see that tater. I want the world's largest that potato. Big, that big John's waiting for everybody. <laughs> Yo, give me them John's. I'm gonna load my John's right in the eye. Yeah, it's a cool event. Definitely check it out. My backyard, especially like barbecue, man. Too close to Uber. Let me sign off on that. Let's do another. Um, this is a good one. It's more uh, centered around Florida, but I think it kind of translates to the whole, you know, reason why craft and independent actually uh, matters. The Florida Brewers Guild, which uh, if you probably didn't guess, is a nonprofit association aimed at preserving the rights of Florida brewers, is not happy with the fact that several Floridian breweries are having their merchandise replaced with bigger name beers. And national, quote, crafts. I'm going to put the air quotes around it because these people didn't do it. Um, this comes in a wake of an ongoing lawsuit against Anheuser-Busch in North Carolina over a deal the company made with a distributor to favor their products over other companies. Some brands have been completely cut by Publix, um, a, a company called Gainesville's Swamphead and Braden's Motorworks. Uh, other Florida favorites, such as St. Petersburg's Three Daughters, haven't gotten the boot yet, but have had their stock reduced from two beer options to only one. Uh, and I thought that was interesting because 
We talk about it all the time. Why does it matter? Who cares? Uh, but this is this is exactly why. If you if you let too many people gain control of the market, then everybody else who wants a piece of it is going to be out. Shady who's making this, who's making the decision as to who's in and who's out? This it sounds like the distributor. The distributor. It, that's what it sounds like. It's it's just a, a very general article. It didn't get too. It's not investigative journalism by any means, but um, this is what the Florida Brewers Guild is is reporting that their members are uh, having their options reduced or replaced entirely. I assume we're talking about not uh, over tasks, but in store in store shelves. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this specifically has limited. to do with Publix, which is like you know uh, Safeway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, shelves. So I thought yeah. that was interesting, and I think I mean I think that's happening more often than than we think. But that, no, you don't even know. It. I mean, you can go to, I mean, think of all the craft beer we see in cans everywhere around here. Just go to your local grocery store; you don't see any even a fraction of that. These are all like macro, bigger, you know. Oh yeah, though there are decisions that yeah, I mean, that even brands we know and love, like Lagunitas and uh, Sierra well, Nevada, and we, our shelves are full of it. But uh, yeah, we don't see our you know our other uh, beers that we like to. Transparency, yeah. As long as transparency, as long as, right? If if you want to do it, if you want to sell out, or if you want to, but as long as the people that that matters to, they know the difference between A and B, then I think I think that. But when you try to, you know, use the back door and confuse people, and then that's it's kind of unfair. Oh, I'm supporting my local brewery, but it's actually not. It's not your local brewery, yeah, man. And so, like, you know, that's that's yeah. kind of unfair, man. That's why I hear we we'll, we often drink Drakes. And you go to drinkdrakes.com and learn about Drakes. But if you're in the Bay Area, you know about Drakes. And uh, when you visit the Bay Area, guess what you should do? Drink Drakes. Um, Okay, I have one more read to do, and then we're out of here. And it's everybody's favorite read. So if you have kids, be sure to turn this up, put headphones on them, and turn it up to 11 so they can hear every salacious word. Have you been looking to spice things up in the bedroom, Beverly? Go to adamandeve.com no. and for a limited <laughs> Actually, how do I get the spice out? It's too spicy. I oh. like vanilla. <laughs> My favorite flavor. Alone. Away from alone. everything. <laughs> Absolutely alone. Nice warm bath and some candles. Oh, God. Uh, Sam. Go, go to adamandeve.com. Hey, Beverly. No, vanilla. Shit. Go to AdamandEve.com, and for a limited time, you'll get 50% off just about any item. When you select that item, you'll get three free adult DVDs, plus an extra gift, which I believe is still the Big O kit. Uh, you get 50% off when you type in the code BNARMY, that's B-N-A-R-M-Y. Go to AdamandEve.com and, uh, you know, bring some joy to people. Buy some Johns. Buy some Johns. You need Johns. Everybody needs them. Um, okay, that's it. We're done. We did it, Tasty. Cool. Thank you. End of show. Yes, end of show. And now we're going to go eat, I think. Right, Beverly? Bought food for everybody. I you're already nice ordered person. it. Oh. I got to go get it. Got some Johns. Get them Johns. Get them the Johns. Johns. Gareth Burns, thank you very much for nah, coming in. Be Easy Brewing Japan. And it, what's your website? BeEasyBrewing.com. Yeah, we're Instagram at BeEasyBrewing and... Twitter at Be Easy Brewing. I don't really use it, but and we do a lot on Instagram, Facebook, and stuff. But it's yeah, Be Easy Brewing in Japan, and hell yeah, dude, we're out there getting it in. And come on out if you ever want to see some cherry blossoms or join in a Japanese festival. Wait a minute, I thought it was snow all the time. Nah, and this, it, it melts. You, there's, a good, there's a good window of opportunity. <laughs> and here comes can, those cherry blossoms. Yeah, that they, sounds good. They come out, and then you got yeah. a lot of summer festivals, and then you go dormant again. But uh, what's that flight time? When is that? It was actually, I'm used to going back to home, yeah. which is way worse. But this was, from here, it was eight and a half hours. So That's not, that's not, that's not, not that bad. That's not bad, dude. That's not bad. Everyone goes 
goes to Japan and like, oh, I'm going to go like, to Tokyo. I'm going to go to Kyoto. Three yeah. more hours. People should go north. Off honestly, of like Hawaii. Where, I'm down. I've been. I've been to Japan. I'm gonna like. I want to go too. Come on over. We got. We got you covered. We got you covered. Come to Tokyo. What do you see? You see like crowds and and neon. Yeah, I can get that here. And you go north and. I can I can give you a time warp back to Japan. Yeah. Unadulterated nature. That, that's what I want, man. So, like, looking through your sake today uh-huh. uh, magazines and uh, you know, and the Japan Beer Times as well, you have some beautiful photographs in here, and yeah, uh, and just you know, a lot of landscape stuff, and everyone looks really nice. Like uh, we, we take the pictures before we start drinking. <laughs> like these guys look like really nice dudes, right? <laughs> they look like nice. They're just they look like nice people. I want to go awesome. and I mean, do whatever it's, they're it's doing. Salt of the earth people. Pretty yeah. much run the brewing industry in Japan in, in sake and craft beer. Um, you know, Come on. It's, it's hard to think of somebody who's like, oh, I don't want to drink with them. I mean, it's just salt of the earth people that run the That's brewing dope. industry over there in, in sake and craft beer. So. People come and they go to, oh, I want to go to Tokyo. I want to go to Kyoto. Get off the beaten track. Go out to these breweries. You know, Garris, deep north, there's other places out in the country. Um, you'll never regret making that decision. That sounds good. Chika Masahiro, thank you very much. Thank you for coming in. Survive <laughs> course. Thank you very much. Uh, oh, so I found that song, dude. Check this out. I think I'm turning Japanese. Is that the one? No, this is like... Uh, so, so my friend got me into this like weird... Oh, it's not going to download. You motherfucker. <laughs> well, that was aggressive. That, it's not going to download for me. That did not go the way he wanted it. Well, actually, speaking God of aggressive, I have a question. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, an aggressive question? Well, I think it might be an aggressive answer. So the emails that came through when we were planning this, there was oh. a lot of talk about Chip Kelly... Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't, I I don't know what that is. Oh, Chip Kelly. That mother, that fucking dude. I hate that dude. What is, what's, what's a Chip Kelly? Chip Kelly coached for the Eagles and stared at himself in the oh, mirror yeah. while he touched oh. himself Wait, and he, thought he was great. He's UCLA now, right? He should be put in a box and sent away. Your ire seems to be quite up here. What's that? You're like, it's just like a You're Niagara Falls. I, I just say, he comes to Philadelphia, he's like, I've got a plan, and I love staring oh. at myself in the mirror, and then he ruins the fucking football team, and then he leaves, and then we won a Super Bowl, and like, I hate you, Chip Kelly, sorry. And you won. I never met you, but yeah, you we did. You know, Nick Foles, right. Nick, he came through, like... <laughs> And uh, I hope Chip Kelly was big Nick, big Dick Nick. Big there you Dick go. Nick got it done while Chip Kelly was crying, <laughs> looking at looking at himself in the mirror. Like I thought I was the one. You weren't. You weren't Chip. You, you weren't, weren't the one. You weren't the one, bud. <laughs> I had a feeling this was going to be funny. <laughs> I was right. Uh, he had a better image of Chip Kelly that he hasn't articulated yet. I just I don't know and how he was far. Talking about looking in the mirror. You can do whatever you want. We're going to leave here in a second. So we're pretty much done. Zero exaggeration and joke. I really believe Chip Kelly would get done football games when they got lost and he would jerk himself off while he's looking in the mirror like it was my plan but they didn't follow it and these guys and that's and like that's my image of what he does in real life and I'm like you suck stop doing that you don't jerk off in the mirror while you look at yourself go coach or get, get out of the NFL, NFL get out of Philadelphia and let us go back to building a good team and yeah that's, that's my full thoughts I, I could run in he could be the nicest guy I ever met but I just am not a big fan as football wise as far as Chip Kelly goes so that's, get that not big fan thing yeah it's, but he has it's, such a complex name yeah get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks a lot for tuning in to the show. Uh, and, of course, thank you to Gareth and everybody else for coming in, talking some beer, some Japanese beer, and some sake, of course. Mm. And uh, until next time, y'all, we'll see you at NHC, hopefully. I'll see you. All right. We'll see you there. Bye.
sky. 